plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me Right, good morning, happy Thursday. I actually thought it was Friday. This week is like uh, crawling by. I guess it must be the never-ending Halloween or something of that nature because uh, I, I, it, it just has been kind of going like for the last week. I, I, now, I'm not a big Halloween party goer, but the Halloween party started like last Thursday, Right. And have been going on pretty well, you know, and then we had the Halloween special even on the 19th. So Halloween's just been kind of going and going and going. Had a fun time. It was a great, great night. But uh, I, I just am uh, kind of like I, I keep thinking it's already Friday and it's and it's not. So good morning this morning, everybody. And how you doing? Hope you had a good, uh, good Halloween and a good day overall. It was a busy day on the local front as well as the national one. Just so you know. Uh, Joe Biden comes in, and it was very interesting to see how Barack Obama doesn't come in, but Joe Biden does. I find that very 
interesting. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But, the, but of course, the local news media acted like Jesus had arrived. And so th- it, was a, it, was a, it was a big deal for the local media. And it's interesting how, first of all, there weren't any uh, protesters uh, outside of the, of the Biden event that actually I knew of. And if there were, I'm not quite sure what they would be protesting because that's kind of like not what we do. In many ways, I mean, because because I don't know, would you ever go and protest a Joe Biden event? Now, I remember that during the days of the Obama presidency, for instance, people would go out and I'd be out there, too, sometimes with the Tea Party or whatever. And we'd go out and and people would stand there with signs and things like that. And and that was the that was the sitting president of the United States. But nowadays. People who are mere candidates or just people uh, show up out of nowhere and will ultimately be protesting or screaming and yelling at the people going there, whatever. Uh, That's not us. We would never do something like that with Biden. Like, why would we show up to a Biden event? Now, some people might show up at a Claire event, but the thing is, uh, I can't figure out. Why, for instance, the news media, if there are people out there, try to uh, try to try to shield us from the individuals out there who are prote- perhaps protesting, whatever. If there were protesters, we didn't see them. Now, did you all go? If you did go, and I'm trying to get my Facebook. I can't get my uh, my Facebook page up here. Hang on a second. Darn it. Uh, are you? Um, I get a lot of video up here, but I can't get, can't get my Facebook. Oh, there we are. Okay, good morning. This is about to give it, buddy. There you are, everybody. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you for the uh, cupcakes. The kids love them, the Halloween cupcakes, and for stopping by. Hope you guys had a good time also at the, uh, at the uh, Haunted STL Tours event last night. I know some people went down there and hung out and had a good old time uh, with the uh, old courthouse tours and Lacey Reinhardt and Omama Kay was down there. I think I saw a picture of Margaret down there as well. So, uh, yeah. And uh, Lisa's Biden was also in East St. Louis. Yeah, he was down there t- uh, for the person who was who was running against uh, uh, Bost, and then he went over to St. Louis to Bridgeton for Claire McCaskill. And, but, but again, were, were there any protesters outside of the out, – outside of the – Lindsey Graham event when he came in to uh, stump for Hawley. I, I don't know because I don't think anybody even really covered that. And I understand it's Lindsey Graham. I get it. And, and most people in the local media don't really even know who he is. And I understand that as well. So I, I just was curious about that. So uh, I'll cover that. I have a couple of different versions of the story. I have both the Fox two version as well as the KMOV version. Although to tell you the truth, I looked at the Channel 5 site, and I didn't see any coverage of it, which I, I don't blame them. I just, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just saying I didn't see any coverage of it, and maybe it wasn't, uh, maybe it wasn't actually out there. Uh, maybe they didn't go. I, I don't know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame them for that either. There's a certain fatigue, I guess, that's setting in, but, uh, and, may, and maybe Joe Biden doesn't really trip their trigger one way or the other, but we'll, uh, we'll see how that whole thing goes. Meantime, Oprah Winfrey was out there also hawking uh, her candidates. And uh, the, I guess there's, there's this idea somehow that Oprah 
might actually be running for the uh, the presidency at some point. And, and uh, people are going, oh, ha, that won't happen, that won't happen. But keep in mind, they said the same thing about Donald Trump. They said that Trump wouldn't do it either, and he did, and he won. And I would watch out for Oprah Winfrey. So she's lending her voice and star power this time to Stacey Abrams, who's the uh, Georgia Democrat, and she wants to become the country's first black governor uh, in Georgia. And, of course, Oprah's out there, and Oprah is a liberal. Uh, Oprah loved her some Obama. She's not really, in my opinion, a crazy liberal, the, the way you might think of crazy liberals the way, oh, Claire McCaskill might think of crazy liberals, which I really don't know what she means by that. But I tell you one thing, Maria Chappelle Nadal really went after Claire. In fact, she called Claire McCaskill a POS. Now, Maria Chappelle Nadal is not loved by a whole lot of people, but I got a story to tell you a little later on about her uh, and, and about what happened with her and the reality about her. And I know a lot of you people do not like her, and I get that, and I understand that, and some of it is well-deserved even by her own admission. Uh, But I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Maria Chappelle Nadal because uh, she actually was somewhat of an ally of mine once the tweet thing came out. Uh, and and she went after Stacey Newman at the time, and rightly so, much the same way she went after Claire McCaskill. These are white, liberal, guiltist women who don't care about black people and, and never did a, lifted a finger for blacks and only uses them and exploits them uh, for the means of vote. So they're, 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 they're your textbook white liberal politicians who care little and have done nothing for blacks. That doesn't make Maria Chappelle Nadal amazing, but it does lend a little credence because she's the one who actually came out, one of the few who came out and gave me some advice on how to deal with this issue. It didn't quite work out, but I will tell you about that just a little later on. So I just want to make you make sure you know that, uh, that that's out there. But yeah, she literally, she in publicly called Claire McCaskill a POS. It was pretty, it's pretty crazy, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that anyway. So Oprah's in and, and of course Oprah is lending her, not only her star power, but also technically her race uh, to Stacey Abrams. And uh, Oprah is a, you can't take this away from her. Oprah is a very successful self-made person. I have, a, I have a lot of respect for her. I don't agree with her politics, but I do have a lot of respect for her as a, as a person and as a, as a professional. I don't think you can – there's not a whole lot of holes you can punch in, in Oprah. Uh, you, you can kind of make fun of her, giving her cars away and doing that kind of thing and being an Obama, but she's not really – and that's what makes her a dangerous potential – not only a potential candidate, uh, but also a person who, when she comes to your place and endorses you, uh, she has a certain level of swagger that cannot be underestimated. And, and, and she also then immediately she shows up someplace and she is basically worshipped 
uh, in this case by NBC News, which is uh, they're looking for anybody who will run on the Democrat side. I, I, if I'm Oprah Winfrey, I can't imagine wanting to be president. But there were people who said, if I'm Donald Trump, I can't imagine wanting to be president. And, and so uh, it's pretty crazy. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't write her off. I'm, I'm just I'm just telling you, we've seen people who people wrote off before become president of the United States. I'm just saying. And Oprah also has a lot of swing with female voters. And, and again, uh, female liberals, I'm not quite sure a female Republican is going to vote for a Democrat just because Oprah, they like Oprah Winfrey. I, I, I don't see that happening because, because that's, in my opinion, so demeaning of women. It, it, there's, this, there's this fake white suburban woman vote out there that the left-wing media keeps talking about. Uh, and, and they say that they're sitting there and they're all undecided and they don't like President Trump's personality, so they're going to be responsible for the blue wave. And it's like it's not going to happen. These women are not a monolithic group of individuals. A lot of them listen to the Radio Free Almond show. And you all are independent-minded, but you're, and you all think in some ways the same way you all have the same kind of personalities usually you're a lot of you're a lot of you are you know you have swagger yourself otherwise you wouldn't be uh into radio free almond and into common sense conservatism and into strength and 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 those kinds of things yeah i, I would i would call you uh cowgirls is what i would i would describe the women who listen to radio free almond as uh, in in some ways although uh it takes a lot to be a cowgirl I'll tell you much like it takes a lot to be a cowboy. I'm just saying, a lot of you kind of have the same personalities out there. I could see you see out there roping stuff. Just telling you. Anyway, so watch out for Oprah. And and to tell you the truth, I really I've I've always been averse to uh, gratuitously making fun of her because I don't think there's really anything to make fun of. Uh, so watch out. I'm just telling you. But she did get a little bit of worship from NBC when she came in to stump for Stacey Abrams and others. And she's a formidable person to bring in if you want to rescue your candidacy or just give it that one more piece of power before the midterms. And so uh, Lester Holt was uh, loving on some Oprah. Listen to this, people. Come on now. Come on, Lester. Tonight, let's talk now about the Oprah factor and her surprise announcement of her own last-minute campaign push, hitting the trail trying to help elect this country's first African-American woman governor. It's got a lot of people asking, is Oprah... Lester has a cold. ...also reconsidering a potential run for president. Apparently, those very close to her are keeping up the pressure. With more, here's NBC's Kristen Welker. Tonight, Oprah off the sidelines and entering the 2018 fray. The queen of talk now poised to lend her voice and star power to Stacey Abrams, the Georgia Democrat running to become the country's first female African-American governor. Abrams is locked in a tight race. With kind of is surprising, though, that there hasn't been a black female governor ever. Is that surprising? It's kind of surprising to you, to, to me. We had an attempt... I think Bev Randalls was running for lieutenant governor, but boy, there there aren't many black Republican women either out there. I, I'm just a little surprised by it, but I guess the times are finally catching up, you know. So hey, 
Republican Brian Kemp. The media mogul has largely stayed out of politics, making a brief but big splash in 2007 with her endorsement of candidate Barack Obama. I believe that now is the time for somebody like Barack Obama. Was that Oprah? Because uh, that didn't sound like... <laughs> Normally, Oprah doesn't sound like that. I've never heard her talk like that. The time is now for Barack Obama. I'm like, who are you? Because I don't recall you speaking like that. Anyway. 2007, with her endorsement of candidate Barack Obama. I believe that now is the time <laughs> for somebody like Barack Obama. Why does she have to talk like that? Because normally, I... I honestly have never heard, I didn't hear that soundbite even at the time, but I honestly have never heard Oprah Winfrey talk like that. I believe at the time, it's like, I just saw you giving away a Malibu on your show and you didn't talk like that when you were doing that with that box of uh, perfume. Here I go, making fun of, no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just amused. That's all. Obama. But big splash in 2007 with her endorsement of candidate Barack Obama. I believe that now is the time for somebody like Barack Obama. <laughs> it must be uh, what you kind of got to do when you're when I, we're doing that. Like Hillary. I don't feel no ways tired. I guess that's kind of what you got you to gotta do. Damn. So backing Hillary Clinton in 2016, but now Oprah's the one generating buzz about a potential presidential run after this barn burner of a speech at the Golden Globes. That a new day is on the horizon. Huh. That sounded more like Oprah right there. A new day is on the horizon. You didn't hear her talking like that with Barack Obama. You didn't hear her talking. Anyway. Am I, that's not uh, racist of me to, to, to compare different dialects, is it? I don't know. Fire me. Winfrey was quick to dismiss speculation about whether she'd challenge President Trump in 2020, telling British Vogue, I would not be able to do it. It's not a clean business. It would kill me. But in an article out today, Winfrey telling the New York Times her best friend Gail King is urging her to do it. Winfrey saying she told King, you of all people are supposed to care about my life. King replying, the country is bigger than your life. Mm. So they've got that kind of uh, Christ-like figure going uh, with Oprah. So that Oprah might be, I'm just saying, I'm I'm not going to vote for her. And, and, and I, and I actually wouldn't vote for her because I don't agree with her. Uh, but I am at this point going to tell you once and for all that you got to watch out for Oprah Winfrey. I'm just, uh, I'm just telling you and, and just be careful about her because people underestimated Donald Trump. And uh, look what we got. We got Donald Trump. Did you guys see this uh, situation in uh, in Belleville, where apparently the Bishop of Belleville told the <laughs> school children uh, that there was that there was no Santa Claus? 
which isn't true. There is a Santa Claus. That's the one thing. You never want to tell children there is no Santa Claus. But this is uh, Bishop Braxton there. Is Edward Braxton there in uh, Belleville. Now, uh, I know that uh, Father Tom is not necessarily a person who might be able to chime in on something like this. But I will tell you that I knew of Bishop Braxton when he was at the St. Louis Archdiocese. And Bishop Braxton is a piece of work there in Belleville. Bishop Braxton is a... He, we 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 call people like Bishop Braxton the 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 uh, the big ring bishops, and when you're a big ring bishop, and, and I having having worked for the Archbishop at one time for nine months here, and uh, in, in I I know a little bit about this, and I, I know kind of how people speak about people and and that kind of thing. But uh, he's 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 what would be known as a big ring bishop, and he's um, he he's all bishop all the time. Which when uh, Bishop Braxton wanders around Belleville, you'd think that it was the the King of England running around. He's very much the big ring bishop. Let's just put it that way. And he's he is very uh, proud of being bishop. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Uh, so, so he's very much. You, you think he was a cardinal, the way Bishop Braxton acts over there in Belleville. So he's and and his personality to that degree is very well known. But anyway, there's a father of these two students in fifth and sixth grade, Our Lady Queen of Peace, and uh, he went on Facebook because his children came home and told him that there was Bishop Braxton had a school visit there and uh he told he told the kids that Santa was made up and and, and he said that uh his children were basically crushed and and uh and a lot of people came home crushed and a lot of this was in in the context of Halloween uh because Apparently, Bishop Braxton is not a fan of Halloween, and he told the students not to celebrate Halloween, and he, and he chastised the kids at the school for dressing up for Halloween. And he treated the whole Halloween concept as something uh, kids shouldn't be doing. And that, of course, isn't really necessarily in keeping with Catholic church teaching anyway, uh, considering that today uh, is All Saints Day and where this is, this is where we honor, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's actually a holy day of obligation, meaning today Catholics ha- are obligated to go to Mass today. So this is a this is a holy day of obligation. One of those days where Catholics really don't have the choice of whether or not to go to mass or not. You kind of you, you have to, and and this is where there is a certain level of uh, reverence uh, paid not only to our saints but also to our loved ones who have passed and that kind of thing. 
And so it's not, I mean, it's not, you know, we don't go to mass and skeleton masks and things like that, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, but, but, it, but, it, but it, 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 it generally Catholics don't necessarily frown upon Halloween. I know there are certain faiths that have certain issues with Halloween in general, uh, because they're, they're, it is uh, perceived to be a celebration of the dead, which uh, is something that some faiths uh, don't appreciate that kind of thing. Uh, and, oh, oh it's, Father Tom, it's, it's tomorrow or today? Uh, t- isn't today the, the holy day of obligation? Because I was going to go, <laughs> I was headed to mass. I don't know. I, is, is today a whole, I thought today was a holy day of obligation. Maybe it's, maybe it's Friday. Uh, I, I thought it was. I think it's. I think it's today. So we. So there. The, so the idea that somehow uh, the uh, okay, all saints today, all souls tomorrow. Okay, thank you, Father Tom. Appreciate that. I'm getting it right here. But anyway, as Father Tom would also tell you, generally Halloween isn't the Catholic Church doesn't condemn Halloween the way other faiths actually kind of. Don't do it. They, they're, they're, I know people who, for instance, I had some friends who were, uh, uh, some neighbors who were, I think they were Presbyterian. And they were, they were conservative Presbyterians. And they did not like the, uh, they did not like, they, their kids didn't dress up or anything for, for Halloween. They didn't like that whole vibe. So, I, so I get it, but generally Catholics aren't aren't the ones who go out and condemn uh, Halloween. They certainly don't do it when kids are standing there, uh, ready to get their Halloween costumes on. <laughs> generally, generally the uh, the a, a bishop from the Catholic Church wouldn't go and wag his finger at them and tell them that they should not be dressed up for Halloween. And and so anyway, and then on top of that, also say that. Uh, Santa Claus isn't real, which uh, he, he did go to another school, which was uh, Blessed Sacrament there in Belleville, Blessed Sacrament, and didn't talk about Halloween or or Santa Claus for that matter. Uh, but apparently at this one school at the Our Lady Queen of Peace grade school, uh, when he went there on Tuesday, he told them, "Don't dress up for Halloween, and Santa isn't real." And and so it was kind of one of those things that, that the parents weren't happy about. Now the kids might have misinterpreted what he said, and because I don't know, uh, and it, it, that's that's certainly possible that they didn't understand. But the but the parent went to Facebook. And said that that was going on and wasn't uh, wasn't happy about it in in any way, shape, or form. And so now, and again, it, I'm a, I'm a, I'm kind of amused by it because this is not a surprising Bishop Braxton move. I'm just telling you, he's. Uh, I'll just put it this way: uh, Bishop Braxton has a lot of personality, and we when there are a lot of people like that, but he is a. Uh, he he's a he's a big ring bishop and he that doesn't whatever happened right there whatever the kids think happened it wouldn't surprise me for one second that that's actually what he did now keep in mind the uh the 
that Bishop Braxton's office is saying nothing about this and they're not responding to comments. Uh, and, and so, uh, and I don't expect there to be, uh, a, a comment coming from them. Bishop Braxton also, uh, aside from being a big ring Bishop is also not a person who would go out and do, uh, too many interviews with people or anything like that because he would, he would just, just as well tell somebody from the media to buzz off. So sometimes the media deserves that. Uh, sometimes they don't, but it doesn't matter to Bishop Braxton. He will tell you to buzz off whether you deserve it or not. That's just what, the way the bishop is. I know it's not funny when you do that and you tell kids things like that, uh, but I just am amused because there there goes Bishop Braxton again. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our national anthem. <laughs> Don't wait. The Fed has raised interest rates. That means your minimum credit card payments are going up. Don't let that happen to you. This is James Hawkins of Golden Oak Lending. Now's the time to consolidate your debt. Home values are up, and you can use the smart cash in your home to pay off debt or get rid of expensive PMI. Smart cash is the difference between what you owe and the new value of your home. And Golden Oak still has fixed rates in the threes. Call 567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37. And good morning to all of you, live from the Discovery Design Studios. Yes, Discovery Design, truck care and manufacturing. That's a... Quite possibly one of the crappiest songs I've ever heard. They might be giants, but they can. They might be off of my uh, my show. You might be giants, but you're not musicians. Your song sucks, so you're fired. Let's have the temper tramp come in with a little sweet disposition. I'm really sorry about that. I normally don't. Uh, 
I normally don't. I normally don't miss that bigly. That was just terrible. Are they might be giants? Are they normally that bad? Because I that's the only oh. That's uh never gonna play that again. In fact, I, I feel like I need, I need I feel like I want to delete that from my library just not, just so it's not even around anymore. I'm just telling you. Good morning this morning, live from the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Studios, ddtruckusa.com. How is everybody? Happy Thursday. Hope you had a wonderful Halloween. It was uh, great. It was a little wet, but it was um, it was fun. We had a little spooky appearance by Joe Biden. He's 75 years old. And he he's all of it. He seems kind of he seems kind of old to me. I don't know, but look at look, who am I who am I to say? What business is of mine? They're in Bridgeton for Claire McCaskill, and this race is hugely tight. The latest polls are showing it to be. Uh, to be 43-43 and uh, the news media was all over it and and, uh, Biden was also in in Illinois on the east side fighting for a guy named uh, who was running against uh, Mike Bost and I uh, I don't know who that is (laughs) but but anyway it's, it's the Democrat needless to say and so Biden's in, and uh, he's uh, talking about uh, Claire McCaskill and the need to get her up there and in there. And Democrats, I don't know what they're running on. I, I, I frankly, I, I don't even know how, and it's not just me being partisan. I, I don't know what it is. I, I have no idea what they're talking about. I have no idea what they're running on, what their platform is. Other than just that Donald Trump is annoying and he tweets too much and he's this and he's that. But what are you oh, – Brendan Kelly, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Steam Fitter, Chris. I, 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 it was in the back of my head. I, I figured that. Are you voting Are you voting for Brendan Kelly, by the way? Because Steam Fitter, Chris, I, I, again, have always said I don't know why. I don't know how people who are Democrats even would go and vote for people – who are promising to roll back the work that's been done by the president in the first two years of his uh, administration where we are seeing uh, wages and jobs, employment at full level. We're seeing a GDP at 3.5%, upwards of 4 sometimes. We're seeing tax receipts flying into the government coffers, which isn't always a a good news. Uh, but but the but and and we're seeing full employment. We're seeing wages going up on in almost every sector of our economy. And so I'm I'm trying to figure out what the hell the uh, what the Democrats are running on. I mean, even if you're a Democrat, what's a what's a good reason to vote Democrat? Uh, there's, there's the, the certainly, and, and Trisha says Mike Boss is a great guy. He is a great guy, and I, and I can't, I can't imagine somebody 
running bossed out of office and, and putting someone in there who's telling you to your face that they're going to roll back whatever President Trump is doing. That they're going to fix whatever problems President Trump is causing when there are no problems. I mean, unless you unless you want to make a big deal about comments he makes post synagogue shooting, or or or, or you think that uh, the Bugs Bunny bomber was a emissary of President Trump, and you you can run on that. But what are you running on? We got to stop being divisive. I mean, is it, stop being divisive, or like, what are you doing? What's President Trump? What, what what exactly is it that President Trump is doing that's wrong, other than him not you not voting for him? I, I don't. I, I don't. I honestly, and I'm not trying to be coy about it here. I'm not trying to be flip. I'm just trying to figure out what the hell it is that Democrats are running on. Other than talking about temperament, it's like, oh, come on. I mean, even even I, during the day, when I didn't vote for Barack Obama, I didn't vote for Barack Obama because all he did was stand there and frown and wag his finger and, and, and give us these dark, dank, uh, morose speeches that put down America. I didn't, I didn't, even that part of his personality, I could, I could withstand knowing that there are people out there who are just like him. And so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, it wasn't because of his like completely opposite of sunny disposition. I mean, that guy was, Barack Obama was never happy. He was always frowning. I mean, hell, I, I, I think I read a, saw a tape of him reading, a. Was the night before Christmas, and he even frowned reading that with his daughters because he because he just took himself a so seriously, and b he was frowny. But even then, I didn't dislike him for that. I didn't like his policies. I didn't like uh, what he stood for. I didn't like his expansive government policy. I didn't like his expansive regulation. And so, even if you didn't like President Trump's personality. You you have to at least look at what he's doing. You have to at least look at the progress he's making economically. I I heard a Democrat yesterday saying people aren't going to go to the polls uh, because of the economy. It's like, then what are you going to the polls for? Because you, you because you feel sorry for that Guatemalan who's currently running along the highway beside uh, buses with hazard lights on coming to America. I mean, what, or, or what, what exactly is it that you're looking out for here? I mean, I just, I don't, I, I, the, are you looking out for the, for the, uh, the, I, I, what is it? I don't understand why you'd even vote Democrat. So Biden's in, and I, I think this is, this is a minute and a half story, which of course is an eternity in local news anyway, but still, uh, I didn't, there wasn't one thing that was brought up that, that I could imagine moving a needle. Unless it's just a, unless it's just a, you know, rah rah, keep voting Democrat no matter what because you're Democrat speech, and Claire McCaskill too, so I I, I can't imagine what it is that is the uh, the attraction here. Here, hold on. His voice is what Democrats hope will help motivate Missouri voters. Our political opponents are not our enemies. 
The press is not the enemy of the people. So, okay, so are, so are you running then? Are you running again in, in, in defense of ABC News? Is that what your platform is? That you're going to go out there and defend CNN? Is, is that the Democrat? Well, CNN is not the enemy. It's like, uh, okay, so, so vote Democrat? Vote Democrat because CNN is not your enemy. Why would you do that? What, what, what could compel you to, to do that? And, and, and by the way, uh, they are. I don't know whether you heard Don Lemon the other day talking about uh, how white men are the most dangerous people on the planet. What, I'm sorry, white conservative men. Do you hear Don Lemon say that? I mean, it's it's uh, and and I'll play it for you later on. But that's coming out of the that's coming out of a, a, a news organization. You don't think these people are the are are the enemy of the people talking like that? Who would who would ever get away with saying black men are the most dangerous? Black liberal men are the most dangerous people on earth. It's like, wow, you you'd be you'd never be able to speak again. And of course, it's not true. But it's also racist. But anyway, let's keep let's get let's let Joe Biden keep electing Democrats here. And before we're Democrats, Republicans, or Independents, we are Americans. All of us are Americans. What platform is that? Why is that a reason to keep voting for the for Claire McCaskill, who wants to run the economy into the ground? And I, I think their thing is they're running on like 1980s issues like Medicare and Social Security and health care. Like this uh, Van Ostrom guy running against Ann Wagner. That's his that's his deal, too. He has commercials out talking about uh, th- that, that seniors are going to lose their Social Security, which actually isn't true. And their Medicaid, which isn't true. When was the last time we talked about Medicaid? Or Social Security, for that matter. It's like on the lowest rung when it comes to Republicans. They're not going near that right now. Even though I believe that these entitlement programs should be adjusted. But they're not going after this stuff. Republicans support uh, the concept of covering pre-existing conditions. But I, so I, so I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out what it is they're, they're, run, they're running for. I don't... Uh, I don't get it. I'm not trying to be flippy or either. Issues the senator brought up, he is right to work, an issue Missouri voters overwhelmingly rejected. Josh Hawley and a guy named Eric Greitens. So, so why is Claire McCaskill talking about right to work? Claire McCaskill has nothing to do with right to work, and the U.S. Senate has nothing to do with right to work. And so she's going to say that Josh Hawley, uh, as a... As a uh, as an attorney general or something, or as a Republican, supported right to work. I, I don't. Uh, I, I what what is what is the and I, I can understand like Chris, uh, you know, like like uh, steam fitter Chris not liking people who supported life right to work, but again, it doesn't matter if you support right to work or not when you're in the U.S. Senate. It doesn't matter. You have nothing to do. With right to work, nothing. So Claire McCaskill is deciding that's going to be her deal, and some guy named Eric Greitens. It just just so happens, uh, Claire McCaskill, Eric Greitens did something you couldn't do, 
and that is be elected governor of Missouri. You lost to a guy named Matt Blunt in 2004, and and so Eric Greitens, that some guy named Eric Greitens, which really kind of pisses me off a little bit for Claire to say that, because to me, a lot of us Republicans are still not really happy with what happened to Governor Greitens and how this thing worked out and how these thugs in the Democratic Party and thugs in the Republican Party basically ran Governor Greitens out of office. We're not really still – we're not very happy about that. And in fact, uh, Claire McCaskill, when she, puts, uh, when she puts Josh Hawley along with Eric Greitens, keep in mind there are a lot of people who weren't so happy with Josh Hawley because of the way he dealt with Eric Greitens. But that doesn't matter to Claire. She's, uh, is this what she's running on? Josh Hawley and Eric Greitens one time supported right to work? I don't get it. Josh Hawley and a guy named Eric Greitens? Yeah, you thug, Claire McCaskill. You, you witches, you and Stacey Newman and the rest of this cabal out there who decided you were going to change the will of the people and go in and smear somebody and run them out of office, and you're up there bragging about it? When you, when you decided single-handedly on your own that the duly elected governor shall not be governor anymore, and there were Republicans who were part of this too, uh, you on your own decided that, and you're up there cackling and bragging about it? Now, I've always personally gotten along with Claire McCaskill. I, I uh, enjoyed working with her when she was a state auditor. But she's just become more of a hack as she's gotten older and, and just more of a dyed-in-the-wall left-wing hack. And, and, and it's kind of embarrassing, really, to see her this way when she actually – used to have a lot more common sense than that. But I don't appreciate watching her brag about running people out of office. And, and, and she helped do that, and so did a lot of other people. But I, anyway, that, that, that kind of gave me a, a bad memory, you know. Mama K, Jamie's brain work in his eyes. Is my brain working in my eyes? Are you watching my brain work in my eyes? What is it like? What does it look like, Mama K? My brain working in my eyes. Yeah, because you know what? It's like, it's like sometimes I don't know. Uh, I'm looking around the room. Maybe that's what that is. I'm not looking right at the camera. So I'm kind of like wandering. <laughs> my eyes are wandering. I don't even know what I'm looking at. I'm looking. You know what I'm looking at, Mama K? I'm looking at my brain. And my brain is working in my eyes. I don't know. Let's get back to this. Here. They were part of the Prop A team, got it right through the legislature, got it signed by the governor, and they thought, okay, we're done. Not so fast. So, so is, that, is that what she's running on right now against Josh Hawley, and, and, and it's a local issue that she has nothing to do with? So basically she's out there, you know, kind of uh, uh, pissing off union people again, and that's pretty much what that is because I, I don't understand what, what so is that what they're running on? Is that the Claire McCaskill platform? 
and, and Joe Biden platform, uh, leave CNN alone and remember right to work that was passed in the state of Missouri, which I have nothing to do with and will never have anything to do with right to work ever as long as I live, unless she runs for governor after she's uh, run out of the U.S. Senate. But I don't know. Candidate Court Van Osteren took the stage as well. Health care, another big issue aimed at motivating voters. Yeah, but again, nothing's happening with health care. Uh, this idea somehow that Obamacare is going to be wiped out in all of its full glory is not true. There are going to be some things that even Democrats, by the way, agreed are not working with Obamacare. And as, as I pointed out before, Obamacare, most people will agree, was too big. It didn't have to happen. It didn't have to be as large as it was. As I pointed out before, it's kind of like there's another way to keep a dog from barking other than shooting it. And, and unfortunately, when they were coming up with ways that they could change the healthcare system, they decided they were going to just shoot the dog. Altogether, and so we came up with this monolithic, gigantic program that actually wound up hurting a lot of people and taxing individuals and hurting small businesses and beyond. And there are things that can be adjusted. And you know what? Democrats even said the same damn thing. But this idea somehow that your health care is going to be taken from you if Claire McCaskill isn't staying in the Senate is ridiculous. Anyway, let's keep going with this because this is uh, Channel 2's Senator version. Senator encouraging supporters to go door to door. We've got to talk to people that we've never talked to before. Ask them if they have a pre-existing condition. Ask them. Honestly, this is like the 80s all over again or, or, or the 90s or the early 2000s or whatever. Republicans support coverage of pre-existing conditions. Most of them do. And you could disagree or agree with that, but uh, that's what they're they're doing. I, it's It's... Yeah, and Vicky, you're right. Most of the most of the uh, commercials are 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 talking about something that hasn't even really been discussed. But they're but they're deciding that that's going to have to be their thing is to scare people into believing that their health care is going to be taken from them. I guess about their health care, their Medicare, their Social Security. The former vice president said McCaskill has been a voice willing to work with the other party. Something he says is desperately needed. Damn, Joe gave her a long-ass hug, too. It's like, dude, let her go. He was, I saw the first time he hugged her, and then she's trying to get away, and he's still clinging to her. Eh, he's a hugged guy. You're in Washington. The only thing strong enough to tear America apart is America itself. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I listen, these guys... I, I don't know what they're I, – I honestly don't know what they're – I honestly don't know what they're running on. Now, uh, Channel 4 had a little more of a of, of a meaty story because they had a, they had some poll numbers in there. and They talked to some voters and that kind of thing. So that's how they went. There's a uh, – I'll get through this Your ad here. Is an extension of- I'll get through this ad here. But, yeah, the, so the latest poll, and in fact, uh, is, is 43-43. But listen – Give or take a couple points and a couple uh, uh, margins of error. Uh, the fact of the matter is, it's it's pretty much a dead heat, and and if that's the case, Claire McCaskill is going to lose. 
in a state that's 19%, 20% in favor of President Trump, and actually it might even be more than that after Democrats have seen the light. So here's Steve Savard. The family on specifics about the threats they say they've been getting. The family says they'll release those details tomorrow to the public at a press conference. We'll be there and update you tomorrow. This is another story. Former Vice President Joe Biden stopped by our area tonight firing up voters for tight races on both sides of the river. Steve Savard's mom used to listen to the show. Tonight where he just when left. She still does. Alexis, there is new polling out in the Missouri Senate race. That's right, Courtney. And after the rally here at the Machinist Hall in Bridgeton, we were the only station to get a chance to talk to Senator Claire McCastle about those numbers. Poor Alexis is out there. That, that this, uh, this appearance by Joe Biden was, I think, I guess in the evening or maybe early evening or I don't know what time it is. But they make Alexis stay out there at 10 o'clock at night in the rain in front of a darkened union hall where there's nothing happening anymore. So they use these poor people in, in local TV. They do live shots in front of just – they'll have you out there. I've seen – like after the ball games and stuff, they'll have people – standing alongside of a highway at like 11.30 at night for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And, and this whole new, well, it's not really new, but it's kind of like been a thing even when I was in TV, that the, uh, the, the, the whole live shot thing. And so it doesn't matter. Things could have happened at 6 this morning, and they'd still have Alexis out there in front of a, uh, in front of a darkened building at 10 o'clock at night. You know, full, you know, 12, 13 hours after it actually uh, happened anyway. And what those polling numbers mean specifically for voters leading up to Tuesday's election. Sitting in that truck editing and just sitting there. You've already done your story. Story's already done. Like, it's, it's, it's been completed since, you know, 730. And you got to sit there, wait two hours in a damn live truck chit-chatting with your crew and just waiting for your one minute on the 10 o'clock news. Oh, Lord, I don't miss I those days. I can't do this without you. I need every single one of you. Before a packed crowd at the Machinist Hall in Bridgeton, Senator Claire McCaskill made a home stretch. Actually, there weren't really that many people there. I was I was kind of surprised. Didn't seem it, it was no Trump rally, that's for Bush. sure. The union heavy crowd welcomed former Vice President Joe Biden. Voters of all ages came out, like Orlando Anderson, a postal worker who's been campaigning for McCaskill. I've been out. Listen to this when, when she asks him. She asked him, like, what kind of response he's getting. He's like, well, it's kind of mixed, which is pretty funny. At least she kept the soundbite in there. This thing for the last two weeks, knocking on doors, and I'm really excited. What are you hearing from voters when you're knocking on doors? I'm getting a lot of mixed reviews. <laughs> so he's going to the doors, knocking on the doors and uh, for Claire McCaskill. And like, so what do you... How, what kind of response are you? Well, I'm getting a lot of mixed reviews. It's like, yeah, no kidding. I'm, I'm sure you are, Buster Brown. Here, let me just get here. Knocking on doors, and I'm really excited. What are you hearing from voters when you're knocking on doors? I'm getting a lot of mixed reviews, <laughs> but for the most part, I'm hearing a lot of class support. That's not good news. Because, first of all, uh, Kudos to the guy who, for being honest, 
about what's going on uh, out there. And and really, kudos to Channel 4 and, and to Alexis for keeping the soundbite in there. But that's not a, that's not a ringing endorsement. That, that shows that this guy's going door to door, and there are some people giving him an earful, uh, you know, about Claire McCaskill. And now, I don't know, um, you guys were asking, was he campaigning on his mail route? I don't think so. Let me get, let me go back and listen to that. That's a good catch there, Mama Kay. Hang on. Orlando Anderson, a postal worker who's been campaigning for McCaskill. I've been out canvassing for the last two weeks, knocking on doors. I think, I think he's, 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 he's actually, it sounds to me like he's canvassing, like he's actually doing this as a volunteer. He just happens to be a postal worker. I'm not quite sure he's uh, doing the, uh, doing that. Except maybe, I'm just kidding. Orlando, I hope you're not, uh, Keeping the, the the Holly flyers in your bag, and just putting the Claire McCaskill flyers in the mailboxes. Of course, Orlando wouldn't do that. He's an honest man. You can tell he's an honest man because he's actually uh, he's he's telling the truth about the kind of reception he's getting when he's canvassing door to door. And I'm really excited. What are you hearing from voters when you're knocking on doors? I'm getting a lot of mixed reviews, but for the most part, I'm hearing a lot of class support. A new Fox News poll has McCaskill tied with her opponent, Josh Hawley. There are only five days left until Election Day. Sarah Rose hopes this crowd and more votes on Tuesday. We're in one building. One building isn't going to make a difference, but if everybody gets their friends out, maybe something will happen. <laughs> McCaskill has reached... I mean, it, the, the, the people don't really sound very enthusiastic about this. They're thinking, well, maybe if maybe if uh, we get more people up, maybe something will happen. I mean, these people are not, they don't sound like they're they're very optimistic about the whole scenario here. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Coming up at about 7.20, I just want to confirm it here and make sure that uh, we are good to go with the uh, with the my buddy Judge Napolitano, because he's going to be on with us, uh, and he will be with us at seven twenty. It'll be curious because I want to I want to talk to him a little bit about what's been going on. Not only because he has a different viewpoint of this Fourteenth uh, Amendment issue, and and he believes it does cover illegal immigrants. So it'll be interesting to hear from him on that. Anyway, let me continue on with this. I was just checking my phone. To those who might not normally vote Democrat. And Joe Biden praised the senator's ability to cross the aisle and compromise. Claire gets it. She's held over 50 town halls just over, just over this last year in Missouri. Most of them in places where the president's margin of victory is 30 percent or more. She understands she represents everybody. The senator was blunt, telling News 4 it will take every vote on Tuesday to keep her seat. I hope um, people figure out that the way you uh, lose powers thinking you don't have any. So people need to come and vote. It's an important part of our democracy. Uh, this race is um, even after all these months. So it's going to be exciting down the stretch. Claire McCaskill doesn't sound confident. And it seemingly neither do any of the people who are interviewed about her either. I'm just, I'm just saying it, it doesn't seem like, and, and again, she might wind up winning and, and it might, it might happen for her and everything else. And, and, and this is just all her being very careful. But I'll tell you when you are, uh, when you are 
speaking in this manner and even you're talking to people about, well, maybe if we get more people out there, then uh, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, Maybe we'll get her elected, reelected. So they don't really sound that confident. But anyway, that was the scenario yesterday in uh, both uh, Illinois and then also over in um, in uh, in Bridgeton as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Radio Free Almond live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. DD Truck Care. I'm sorry, ddtruckusa.com. I think Rick Poe's going to be in uh, next week at some point. He's been traveling a lot, but he's going to pop in and have a little fun. Steamfitter Chris thinks Claire's going to win by 2%. Okay, Chris. Okay, buddy. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME is the number. 855-QUOTE-ME for low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time, y'all. Yeah, it's kind of rare in the insurance business to get low premiums and low deductibles because they get you on the deductible side. It's high deductibles because they don't want to pay you. They don't want to pay you. But all states, okay. They got a big enough portfolio, they're fine. They don't have to nickel and dime the people who come to them for insurance. Auto Home and Life. I have all three with Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855, quote me. Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com is your one stop for the home improvement you want for the holidays. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and beyond. Spruce up your home if you're hosting, whatever. Michael can come in and wow the world with woven woods or automatic push of a button shades, Roman shades, side panels, you name it. Seven days a week, he'll be at your crib if you want him to be. And he'll drive up at his mobile design unit and he'll uh, be your interior designer and your installer and everything. And he's main competitors are the luxury guys and he beats them every time in value and in price it's proctor spelled like doctor proctordrapery.com yesterday i played the soundbite from harry reed remember when he was talking about the illegal aliens and everything else well harry reed has spoken and harry reed is telling donald trump now i changed my mind on birthright citizenship because of the power of immigrants. And, he, and he, he he's not happy about his soundbite being played all over the place, the 1993 soundbite. You all know, you've heard it already. He said that I, when I said that in 1993, I made a mistake. And, 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 and then he lies. And he says, uh, after I proposed that awful bill, and that is the uh, end of birthright citizenship bill, which now he says is awful. Because after I proposed that awful bill, my wife, Landra, immediately sat me down and said, Harry, what are you doing? Don't you know my father is an immigrant? 
And he says, she set me straight. And in my 36 years in Washington, there was no more valuable lesson I learned than the strength and power of immigrants and no issue I worked harder on than fixing our broken immigration system. And so Reed is, a, is first of all, a habitual liar and, and, and didn't disappoint with this latest lie that he told about how Immediately after he proposed the bill, his wife sat him down and set him straight. There's only there's only one problem with all that, and that is a year later, after that speech on the floor that we played for you yesterday, that I played for you yesterday, a year later, he wrote an op-ed in the L.A. Times basically saying the same exact thing. He was a year later promoting the same legislation. So it wasn't just right after right after he proposed that legislation on the floor. It wasn't right after that statement. Uh, a year later, he was still talking about it. He was still talking about promoting this legislation. So what happened really was, uh, after a while, what you saw, was that the uh, Latino population in Nevada began to grow. And so there was this, there was this voting block there that he suddenly kind of uh, discovered. And then you had the AFL-CIO support uh, for immigration, which, which kind of uh, grew with it. And so that was what changed his mind his his wife and that whole immigration speech thing is one big fat lie and so once again harry reed is is caught in a lie and it's only be and all we have to do all you have to do in this situation is is look in archives and see that these guys are are constantly telling uh mistruths and by the way uh, it just depends on whether the news media actually covers things like this. Like, you're not going to hear that Harry Reid lied uh, about his in his statement refuting what he said in 93. You're not going to hear that in the regular media because they're too busy covering for the party they support. They're too busy covering for the Democratic Party. They're Democrats. They're not journalists. They're Democrats, which is why you can get people like uh, – Don Lemon and others saying that the uh, biggest terrorist threat are white conservative males. That's on a, that's on CNN. That's on a news show. So President Trump rallying in Florida just continues to hammer the media, and I don't blame him. Oops, sorry. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to stop my music here. Hang on. That was telepop music. They're pretty good. I like those guys. But not 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 enough to cover up our great president. That's all I'm saying. And that's why 33 percent of the people in this country believe the fake news is, in fact, and I hate to say this, in fact, the enemy of the people. (laughs) The left wing media doesn't want to solve problems. They want to stoke resentment. It has to stop. And that's exactly what they're doing. What part of that is not true? Uh, 
and, and, and as an example, you had the coverage of the president's visit to the synagogue in Pittsburgh, which should have just been kind of a slam dunk president visits in the aftermath of a tragedy, and that's it. But instead, I even heard yesterday they were continuing to amass multi-member panels to discuss the fallout from the president's visit to the synagogue. And you're thinking to yourself, what are you why is there even a discussion of so-called fallout from a president of the United States visit to a synagogue where 11 people were murdered? And, and, and how is that how is that remotely controversial regardless of whether or not there were people protesting or not? How is how is that remotely controversial and why is that a thing? Well, it's a thing because it's another way for the media to remind you that President Trump is some kind of racist or some kind of uh, anti-Semite, which he's not. And he, he addressed that at the rally yesterday. I mean, he's, he's completely correct here. We have forcefully condemned hatred, bigotry, racism, and prejudice in all of its ugly forms. But the media doesn't want you to hear your story. It's not my story, it's your story. And that's why 33% of the people in this country believe the fake news is, in fact, and I hate to say this, in fact, the enemy of the people. It completely is. When you have a news media that is not really covering the news as much as it is just simply trolling the president. I mean, literally all the time. I mean, this is a president who can't visit a, uh, the scene of a, of a horrific massacre without having the main focus of that visit being on some screaming woman or some people out there protesting him. And most of them are protesting, not, on behalf of the victims of the shooting and not on behalf of any kind of uh, decency or, or uh, any kind of, uh, of anger towards the killer. I mean, they're, they're angrier at President Trump than they are the guy who went in there and killed everybody. I mean, isn't that apparent? Did you see the uh, – wouldn't it be crazy to have people hitting the streets – and 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 rallying against anti-Semitism and against these people who are uh, these idiots out there who are racists and anti-Semites and on the web promoting this and promoting that and these weird, you know, Zionist conspiracy theories and that kind of thing. You'd think that you get hundreds of people out of the street protesting that. Or maybe even, you know, standing up for the Jewish community or, or, or saying something positive about the Jewish community or, uh, or, or, and the contributions to our society and everything else. But instead, they're out there protesting President Trump like he's the one who went in there and shot everybody. I mean, there's more anger at President Trump than there is at the guy who killed all those people. And then you had uh, Don Lemon, and this was, uh, this was crazy. This was uh, on Cuomo's show. So Don Lemon uh, was on Chris Cuomo's show. And uh, this, was, this was Monday night. And, and 
this is in relation to Pittsburgh as well. And and again, there's there's more anger and and disdain for the president in the news media right now over this Pittsburgh thing than there is for the guy. Do you even know the guy's name? Or, or I, I, I do. It's Bowers, something like that. But, but I mean, do you even know much? I mean, and again, we don't want to glorify the guy, but there's a whole group of people out there like this guy who are on the web who hate Jewish people. That, that, that ought to be kind of a focus, like, who are these people? Where are they coming from? What is up with them? And uh, what's being done to kind of keep them from doing more harm to people? But instead, President Trump arrives in Pittsburgh with Melania and his uh, Jewish son-in-law and his Jewish daughter now, and, and he's trolled as if he single-handedly went in and shot everybody in a synagogue. And it's his fault. It's like, you got to be kidding me. And, it's, and, and, and you know what it is? Because they're all Hillary supporters, and they're still angry that President Trump got elected in 2016. That's, that's the level, that's the depth of sore loserism uh, coming from this group of people. It doesn't matter what it is. They'll get out, they'll support, hell, Nancy Pelosi will stand up for MS-13 gang members before she supports the President of the United States on anything. I mean, the, the news media will will automatically assume everybody in the caravan is a little girl and, 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 a, and a mom without ever even bothering to check who it is because they just want to make sure that President Trump gets the blame for daring to stop a caravan of people when they don't even know who these people are themselves. I mean, they'll... They'll, uh, they will stand up for any kind of, uh, of errant, despotic leaders in Iran before they support the president when he wants to roll back that deal with Iran, that arms deal. Uh, and, and, and they'll also support foreign workers over American workers every single time as long as President Trump is supporting American workers, they won't. As long as President Trump is supporting decency when it comes to trade, they won't. It's it's almost like a, a, a trolling that's going on here that is just uh, unbelievable. And and then I haven't even gotten to the story where President Trump called to congratulate the new conservative president of Brazil, and they're acting like. He committed an act of treason when it's common for presidents to call foreign leaders upon election, depending on who they are, obviously, and congratulating them for what they did. But, man, it is, it is, uh, it's amazing. And the media is – they're the engines of all this. They're the ones who are promoting all this. And, and, and when, when, you, when you actively are out there and you are promoting – you are promoting chaos. You are indeed the enemy. And that's what the media is doing. Listen to listen to Don Lemon. It's not just Pittsburgh. It's not just the bomber. There was another hate-filled criminal just last week in Kentucky. Another white man, history of violence, custody for shooting and killing two African-Americans at a grocery store, Kroger's. But what he tried to do was bar... 
why? First of all, I understand that there are racist white people out there, and there are racist black people too. I'm trying to figure out why it has to be separated somehow. Here's a guy who killed two people. Have you have you have you seen the the white people killed by black assailants? And and it's never mentioned that there's some kind of racial component to the thing or what have you. Have you seen the knockout game? How many victims of the knockout game are black? Go 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 back in your archives and look up knockout game and look at the videos of the knockout game and figure out how many of those victims of the knockout game at the hands of blacks are white or actually are, or are black themselves. I'm just saying, I, these guys who play this race card so reflexively just to, kind of, just to kind of be able to continue their narrative that somehow it's white people that are a danger to society. I'm not saying any particular race is a danger to society, but you know where these guys are going here. To a predominantly this. black church, he failed. And then he picked a secondary target. He's being investigated for hate crimes. Don Lemon is here right now. We barely had time to cover it because we were distracted by another extremist mm. that was doing bad things in the name of hate. Yeah, and then now another one. And you have all of them in a row. And, you know, we talked, we messaged about this a little bit this weekend. I keep trying to point out to people not to demonize any one group or any one ethnicity. <laughs> of course not. But we keep thinking that the biggest terror threat is something else. Some, some, some people who are marching, you know, towards the border like it's imminent. And when the last time they did this, a couple hundred people came and they, you know, most of them did get into the country. Most of them tired, you know, got tuckered out before they even made it to the border. Um, so we have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. And- Ask the family whose children are sleeping below windowsills in North St. Louis who they're more afraid of, a white Republican or a black person living in their neighborhood. Apparently, Don Lemon, who wouldn't, who wouldn't, uh, wouldn't set foot on the south side of Chicago, they'd eat him alive. But apparently, Don Lemon doesn't talk to those people because I guarantee you, uh, if you ask them who they fear the most, it's probably not a white Republican. I'm just saying. And Don Lemon knows that, but, oh, not to demonize a, a certain set of people. Uh, we're going to, you know, whatever. But we'll we'll go, we'll double back on this a little bit. I got to get the hold of uh, Judge Napolitano. So you want to go ahead and play our little uh, our little trick there, buddy? And and we we what we do with ju- the judge, and he's very particular about this. And and I don't blame him. Uh, but we uh, we have to kind of go off line basically, uh, and 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 bring him on because he likes to have kind of like more of a. He doesn't like to go right on the air like when i'm when i'm talking to him he doesn't like to answer the phone and then suddenly he we're on i have to kind of take him off the phone a little bit and and uh and then get him on and have a full intro for him so that's kind of how that's why we uh that's why we do what we do y'all okay all right let me just uh go off here you know get some music going and then i'll go ahead and call him up and we'll get this baby on the next one is beautiful
Well, so much for that. So, yeah, last week, early in the week, you know, uh, I got to go through uh, Judge Patal's people, and they said, well, he, ca- he has to do, he's got a speaking engagement, he's got to do... He's got to do Thursday. And it was the week before. And I said, okay, that's fine. It was the last week. And so I'm like, uh, all right. So then Tuesday, I, I, got, him, I got him back. And I said, uh, just, just confirming. Uh, we would need to have him on Thursday. And then, because uh, Judge Botalo now is doing a lot more speaking in the morning. And because he goes to these uh, lawyers groups and things in New York, and so he's he's kind of signed up for a lot more of that stuff. And so sometimes it's iffy. And then I just called, and 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 they're like, well, "He's going to do next week." Am I going? Okay, well, you didn't tell me that, and all you got to do is let me know. I realize that Judge Pablo is busy, but you know you can let me know if so. I don't just call, and then I'm you know standing there with my you know what in my hands because you didn't give me a heads up so that's how that thing rolls so anyway we're judged Napolitano list today but anyway just as it is in a nutshell I will tell you that the judge has been has been pretty pretty straightforward on this 14th amendment thing and he does believe that the 14th amendment does indeed cover illegal immigrants and it's and it's interesting. I saw a piece the other day, and yeah, call up the bishop and said, "Hey, Bishop Braxton isn't talking to anybody. He he uh, he's not talking. He's not talking to anybody. People. John is uh, referring to the uh, the big ring bishop there in uh, in Belleville who is accused by parents of going in front of the." Uh, in front of the, uh, in front of a group of kids at a Catholic school in Belleville, and telling them that uh, Santa Claus isn't real, <laughs> which is of course not true, kids. But it's funny though because uh, you know you're the you're the bishop of Belleville. You know, I mean, when you come in, when you when you especially Bishop Braxton, when you. Uh, you need walk. You think they're going to be pulling me off of this? Nah. Tears for fears. They wouldn't do that. But you you would ma- you would you would imagine that you know like when the when the bishop walks in, when Bishop Braxton walks in, he is. Uh, I I knew of him from when he was at the Archdiocese of St. Louis, and Bishop Braxton was a guy who was kind of like um, he was. Uh, a full-on, you know, gilded robe guy. He 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 was all of that, and so uh, and over in Belleville, he has that uh, that reputation as well. And we call those the big ring bishops, where you walk in and he's got it. You you kiss that big ring is what you do. Anyway, so when Bishop Braxton uh, would uh, and he's he's you know 
I don't know. I've, I've never met him, so I don't want to sit there and I don't want to judge him, but I just know him of him. And uh, he's an interesting guy. Let's put it this way. He, is, uh, he has a lot of personality, Bishop Braxton does. So he went to a school, according to the, the, the friends uh, there, uh, to, the, to the Facebook friends uh, who were the, uh, and the parents there, uh, the kids came home and uh, they, uh, they, they, they claimed that the bishop told them, first of all, don't dress up for Halloween and that and that dovetailed into a discussion of uh of of telling the kids that Santa Claus isn't real and of course these kids came home and told their parents that the bishop told them that it wasn't just some other kid it was it was the bishop of Belleville who told them that it was a guy dressed in a bishop's outfit And and uh, I mean, you could you could say all the jokes you want to about that kind of thing. But anyway, he he uh, he told them that, and that apparently, according to some of these parents, traumatized some of these kids because they came home and they were shocked. And it's coming from a, the guy who was the head of the Belleville Diocese, you know. So it had a little bit of an impact, and the parents weren't very happy. And the bishop went to another school and, uh, and didn't say anything about Halloween or Christmas at, the t- at that time or Santa Claus. So apparently it was just at that one school, and uh, people were not happy about it. And, so, and, and Bishop Braxton and his whole office are not saying anything about it. I'm sorry, did you have a question? Yeah, did you tell... No, I'm not... We're not saying anything. Never mind. Whatever you say. So that's kind of the Bishop Braxton way. So he's he's an interesting guy, uh, that is for sure. So anyway, back to Judge Napolitano. So the judge has been... uh, I I don't know. He's been actually lately a little more critical of the president than he has been before. But the president is also actually you know, pushing some envelopes that we haven't seen pushed before also, although this birthright citizenship thing uh, is an envelope even Harry Reid pushed and then, had to, and, and then lied about his change of mind about it. But uh, and, and by the way, keep in mind, did you know that, that, that President Trump on this whole birthright citizenship issue, you realize he was only asked, he was asked about that in an interview. It wasn't like the president came out with some edict about the the birthright citizenship. It, it wasn't. It wasn't about that at all. It was. Uh, it was him being asked about it, and and then mentioning, "Well, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea," and I'm, I'm, I, I'd love to see that changed. And then suddenly they were they were off to the races on the matter. And but but it, but the president didn't issue some kind of you know piece of legislation, or he didn't say uh, that this is going to be happening. He just said he supports the rescinding of uh, of birthright citizenship of anchor babies. He wants to get rid of that. But he was asked a question. It, that's how this whole thing came about. And now keep in mind too, there have been people who talked about. 
the 14th Amendment and totally skip that one sentence about uh, being under the jurisdiction of the U.S. government. They skip that sentence. They skip the, 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 the little, uh, what do they call that? Do they, okay, now, I'm, now please do not, do not get on me about this. I think I, I, I know what a, uh, what a, uh, I, I think I know what a dependent and independent clause is. And I know that a dependent clause is set off by commas. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, they, but they forget that one little dependent clause, okay? I was not really necessarily, I was not really bad at English. I was pretty good at it. But once you started getting into the diagramming of the sentences and the predicates and the uh, subjunctive verbs and stuff like that, I had no idea what you were talking about. I could read and write, and I think I do both of those things pretty well. And I think I have a pretty good vocabulary. But I never knew what, once you got into that whole thing, it was kind of like the common core of English. Like, I don't need to know what that's called to use it. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't need to know what a, what a, I mean, I think that obviously you need to learn tenses and, and things like that. Uh, and you need to learn those kinds of things. But, but I never had to, I don't ever feel like I needed to know even what a, I mean, like a dependent clause, I know what that is, but I, but, but, but I don't need to know, I don't need to call it a dependent clause because I don't need to, I don't need that. Like, I don't need to know what a subjunctive adverb is. And I, I actually still don't know what a subjunctive adverb is, but I'll go against anybody in vocabulary and in writing and sometimes speaking. Uh, but I never knew, really knew what that was. So once you got into all that stuff, you lost me. Okay, now the ad, subjunctive adverb is, I'm like, what? Just give me a book. Let me read it. Give me a pen. Let me write. And give me a microphone. Let me speak. I don't need to know all the rest of that stuff. It's, it's like it gets too much into the weeds, and then I lo- then you lose me. But nonetheless, I do think it, it is important. I, like, I, I've always believed that, uh, for instance, commas are overused. I think people use commas too much. You can always tell sometimes when people just litter their writing with commas, and it's not necessary uh, to use so many commas all the time. In fact, uh, they'll say, well, that's a run-on sentence. It's not really not. It doesn't have to be. I mean, obviously, if, if you have a dependent clause, you need to set it off by commas. But a lot of people just put commas in because they don't know what else to do. And really, you know what the thing is? You don't have to do anything else. You don't need a comma there. Just, put, just, just stop pausing all the time and go through it as long as it's not. And, we, and you'll know a run-on sentence when you see a run-on sentence. But, boy, I've, I've, I've noticed a lot of people sometimes who are trying to, uh, to write and and they're trying to be writers, you know, and they're and I see a lot of this on the on the blogs and things like that, like a lot of the uh, places where you get a bunch of different writers on there, and they'll go on there and like Red State probably has some of the most awful writers 
I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they just have zero command of punctuation or anything. Uh, and so I, I sometimes will go on to Red State, and, and with the exception of one of our uh, local folks here, she's a good writer. Uh, but, but, but nonetheless, some of the people I read, I'm going, this is incomprehensible what I'm reading here. It really is. There's a guy named uh, Taylor Millard who is a never-Trumper guy. And so I oftentimes will see his stuff, and I will look at it and saying, this is some of the most terrible writing I have ever seen. How did this guy make it past third grade? This is terrible. And so and a lot of it just is because it's like littered with commas, and you can't even get through the thing. But anyway. A long way to go for that, but I, I do think that sometimes we overthink things, and I, I still don't know what a subjunctive adverb is, and uh, I just use it. I'm sure I've used them before, and and written them down and everything else, but I don't know what the hell they are. Kids, though, make sure you pay attention in school, just so you know. It's kind of like with math, like the Common Core math. Sometimes it, it, it explains things and, and you need to explain things that you really don't – you shouldn't really have to explain. And, and I'm not an expert on common core math, but, uh, uh, but uh, some things you don't really have to explain. But common core math makes kids explain everything that they're doing and it it's actually can be confusing to people more than anything else. Like I like like I'll write a sentence, but you ask me to diagram it, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to do it. Really, I could try, but I wouldn't be able to do it. Anyway, here is the text of the Fourteenth Amendment, and and I've seen people actually highlight all persons born or naturalized in the U.S. are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside, and they completely don't highlight the dependent clause, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. So they just simply ignore that. I, I in fact, saw one guy doing a, like a video blog, and he took it, and, and at one sentence he highlighted everything but and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, which is actually a very important part of that sentence as a dependent clause, it's a very important part of that sentence because it is an indicator that the framers believed that this was directed towards legal citizens, people who are legally here. And actually, if you want to take it a step further, if you want to look at the intention of the 14th Amendment, it was actually very precise in its development, and I've explained this yesterday, so I hope I'm not repeating myself, but it's very precise in its development because it's solely geared towards freed slaves. So, so it, it's only for freed slaves that this amendment was even framed by Congress. It, it wasn't for... Uh, and, and hopefully the Supreme Court will decide this. And, of course, you have to look at the intent of this, of, of these amendments, because I think if you don't look at the intent of them, you can't really get the true meaning of them and apply them constitutionally, right? Am I, am I right or am I wrong about that? 
I mean, so so you ha- so intent of the amendment has to be part of the argument regarding the amendment, right? So if this amendment was intended to give citizenship to freed slaves, how could you say it's for the Russian who flies over here and poops out a baby? Just to be, just to have the benefits of the uh, of the federal government. I shouldn't say poop out a baby, but you know what I'm saying. Squirt out a baby. I shouldn't even say that. Give birth to a baby, and be to get all the benefits of of the uh, of the government. That that you can't possibly believe that the amendment was was for that to allow that. You can't possibly believe the intent of the amendment was to allow a Chinese national to come over here, have a baby, and then suddenly be inextricably tied to the U.S. in all of its services. You can't possibly believe that situation. Squirt out a baby might have been worse. No, Matt. Hey, believe me, uh, I've seen a baby squirt out. My own baby. not, Not my baby, but Andrea's baby. Natalie was, believe me, Natalie was premature. She's five and a half weeks early. And, uh, and, and she, uh, well, and, and when, when I say, yeah, cause in that context, squirting out a baby, but, but Natalie was born five and a half weeks early. We got to the hospital and she was born five minutes after we got to the hospital, maybe even less. And she shot out of there without ever going through anything in terms of, you know, usually the birthing process, you squeeze water out of your lungs, uh, and that's that's what happens during the whole birthing process. Is that's one of the benefits of the uh, of the birthing process is it is 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 slow and it generally allows for the squeezing out of the water out of the lungs of the baby that are that is in the the the, the, the fluid in the lungs of the baby. And Natalie was in such a hurry; she just came out of there and then couldn't breathe because she still had water in her lungs. So she had to be on a ventilator and everything else. So. I'm just saying you could there, there is a level of squirting out that does sometimes can happen. And that was quick. She was right out. And thank God she wound up not only uh, she was born uh, basically unable to breathe on her own. And then by the time she was 10, she'd run a, a 3K race. So love her. All right. Anyway. You can't possibly believe that the 14th Amendment was designed for foreigners to come over here, have babies, and anchor themselves to the U.S. and its services. There's no possible interpretation of the 14th Amendment there. Now, I've heard the judge say there is, Judge Napolitano, and he would argue with me about it, but but and, 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 but I do not believe that just because if if you're utilizing a a element of our constitution to simply abuse the system or work the system that was not the intent of the 14th amendment which is why and subject to the jurisdiction thereof will have to be the key point that's interpreted when the courts deal with this if they ever do i don't even know whether this will be a thing eventually uh who knows but 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 nonetheless, that's an important consideration there because when you look, I mean, take it from Harry Reid. When you look at the number of people who were uh, born here, 
and, and, and who, uh, who the, the number of people that are using this, the anchor baby process as a means of becoming citizens, uh, that's, you know, you can tell that that's not what the intention was. And so, again, the intention was the 14th Amendment was solely designed for uh, freed black slaves. And it's it's just like when they when the constitutional amendment giving women the right to vote that you can't just simply say well that also gives giraffes the right to vote right or monkeys you you're like well, yeah well uh, that 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 thing says everybody anybody can vote it goes no it it's for women it gave women the right to vote yeah but but giraffes can vote too because it says you, no it said women. It talks about women. And, and so, again, this amendment is pretty precise. And so it's got to be interpreted that way. And, and by the way, kudos to the members of Congress who decided to go ahead and make sure that this Fourth Amendment, 14th Amendment became, uh, became whole because they did it after trying but failing to do it congressionally. Because they went ahead and wanted to give all freed black slaves uh, citizenship and people like Andrew Johnson and the rest of his goofball racists didn't want that to happen. And, And so they kept on getting in the way of it until finally these members of Congress said, well, we're going to do this and and we're going to uh, make this happen. And that's how we got the 14th Amendment. It was designed to give freed black slaves citizenship. It wasn't designed to give foreigners citizenship if they happen to have a baby here. And again, Melanie, you're right. As I just said, uh, the uh, that that particular and subject to the jurisdiction thereof will in fact be uh, a, a deal uh, for sure. Did you all see this uh, this bit? Project Veritas strikes again, and this was uh, this was an undercover investigation by the. Of course, nobody's going to pay attention to this because they all really want this Gillum guy to be the next governor of Florida. But uh, last night, Project Veritas released this video, and. Breitbart says it deals a shocking blow to the campaign of Gillum there in Florida, who's running a, a, a against DeSantis. Uh, but uh, the I'm not quite sure this is actually going to make a difference. So you think CNN is going to cover this story? But man, is it is it crazy? I'm kind of going to interpret it for you because it, it's it's subtitled to a certain degree, and you can hear some of it and and and. Uh, and I'll I'll help you along with the rest. But uh, there's this guy Omar Smith, who is a staffer for Gillum, and he's he's the one who talks the most. And he said that if Gillum is elected, none of the programs that people are hoping for will happen. <laughs> he's just he, the, 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 this is all just talk. So here, let's listen to this for a second. Fairy tales in the modern day begin with. Once I am elected. Okay, so he just said fairy tales in the modern day begin with once I am elected. 
So he's saying that when Gillum talks about when I'm elected, blah, 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 he's not telling the truth. And this is a staffer who says he knows that. I, I honestly just can't say, but I do think he's not saying specifically. And this is Adrian Young. He's a community engagement specialist for the Florida Democratic Party and is helping out Gillum. And he says, I do think he's not saying specifically, like, I'm going to ban bump stocks or I'm against ARs. I'm going to ban bump stocks or I'm, going to, I'm against ARs only because he's running a race right now. Only because he's running a race right now. I do think he would support anybody doing that stuff. I think he would support anybody doing that stuff. Bill Nelson. Right, that's all I'm worried about. Whatever. Whoever the next person may be. I just wish he can say it just because he's trying to get the moderates. But I don't think he can say it just because he's trying to get the moderates and the gun-toting people in North Florida. So... So uh, once again, we have another example of a Democrat like Gillum, along with Claire McCaskill, both caught on tape, basically saying, yeah, if all this stuff comes up, I'm voting yes, I'm supporting it, whatever. I'm just not going to say that publicly in a campaign because I want to get the middle guys, for instance, in Missouri, uh, and Gillum's aide is admitting that he wants to get the moderates and gun-toting people in North Florida on his side, so he's pretending he's not an anti-gun nut. All right, this is a bad state. This is more of Omar Smith, and he's being interviewed, and he's got an Andrew Gillum t-shirt on, and he is... uh, he just said this is an effed up state. They had to bleep it out. It's a cracker state. It's a cracker state. That's Omar Smith. Now, uh, let me just ask you, if there's a Republican and you had a staffer in the Republican Party who used a pejorative term to describe blacks and say that this is a, you know, n-word state or whatever you want to whatever pejorative word you can come up with how fast do you think this thing would be reported in the news media how fast do you think this thing would go right and shoot right to the top of the lead story in any newscast you happen to uh think about how 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 fast do you think that would happen but yeah here's andrew gillum's staffer calling Florida a cracker state. And again, I don't think anybody's going to really, anybody in the news media is really going to report on this. But can you imagine if if a white Republican staffer said that, a pejorative term about blacks, and they said that about the the state and, and, and disparaged the state that way, it would be, it would be headline news. But, I doubt, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I doubt that this will become anything but just another Project Veritas tape ignored by the mainstream media. Okay. Okay. Ask anybody outside. Go ask anybody outside of here. You go to Port St. Lucie, Orlando, man, them crackers ain't going to let us do that blank dog boy. You crazy? Here, you go to Port St. Lucie, Orlando, man, them crackers ain't going to let us do that. No, you crazy? So. So. 
he's talking about things like gun legislation and that kind of stuff. And, and so that, that's the kind of attitude you're finding in this Gillum in, in this Gillum campaign. I don't know how these people still get caught on these on tape doing this stuff. They, they must be dumb as a bag of hair after seeing all the other tapes out there. But part of that is just simple hubris. They just uh, they absolutely just don't care because they know they don't have to. But what is he doing? He's campaigning. He's politicking. So you're saying that different environments, wherever he speaks, he'll he'll address a different audience. And so this journalist, uh, and and I think she's posing as somebody from a different country. And it says, so you're saying that different environments, wherever he speaks, he'll address a different audience. Yeah, that's what a politician does. So that's what a politician does. You did? Yeah. With him? Yeah. So he and Gillum apparently went to college together, this Omar Smith guy, and he's uh, not helping his college buddy. Although, again, I don't know how much we're going to really see this hitting in any way, shape, or form in the mainstream. Oh, that's how you know him? Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So you were fighting all the good fights together? Mm, a couple of them. Do voters know that? That's not for them to know. Yeah, so this is an example where Omar Smith was a radical community organizer. He was uh uh in the uh in in the whole you know, almost almost communist party type of uh, pushes. I mean, they were doing this kind of stuff on college campuses and everywhere else. And and so she says, well, do voters know that you guys were buddies doing this? And he goes, that's not for them to know. That was Omar Smith. That's what he said. Huh? That's not for them to know. Remember our saying? Remember our saying, modern day fairy tales start. Modern day fairy tales start with... Once I am elected. Gillum is a progressive. He's part of the crazy, crazy. This is Andrew Gillum's staff member, Omar Smith, saying Gillum is a progressive. He's part of the crazy, crazy, crazies. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. It's been two decades since Florida has elected a Democratic governor and the Ricks is deadlocked. I'm going to spend my time over the next two plus months getting around this state, talking about the issues that matter to everyday voters in this state. You whip them up, the poor, the middle income. You have to whip them. You whip up, you whip them up, the poor, the middle income. You have to whip them up into a frenzy. This is Omar Smith, one of a, the key staffers for Andrew Gillum in Florida. Into a frenzy. In order for them to vote. He was being left. Not left of center. For the primary. For the primary. He's being left for the primary. It's interesting how, on the one hand, he's being left for the primary. On the other hand, they're all but admitting that he actually is also lying about his intentions regarding gun control and everything else, depending on what audience he speaks to. So if he's in Port St. Lucie or if he's in Orlando, he's telling those crackers, as Omar Smith describes them, that he's not going to go near. That's not what he's interested in. He's not interested in guns. But when when the reality is, if Nelson or anybody else introduces that kind of legislation, they'll be all over it like white on rice. 
right. you have to appeal to white guilt. You have to appeal to white guilt. That's probably my favorite one because uh, because that's been a, a problem for a long time. Are the are the uh, the white guiltists out there who will uh, who actually are so afraid of being called racist, but on the other hand, really do uh, do need uh, the black vote that they 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 pander, they just knock themselves out. Uh, with their soft bigotry of low expectations. And so that's kind of Gillum's hitting at that part of it, too. Fairy tales in the old days begin with once upon a time. Fairy tales in the modern day begin with once I am elected. So fairy tales in the old days begin with once upon a time. Fairy tales in the modern days begins with once I am elected. Yeah. There's your Project Veritas tape. Another tape that basically is just going to be probably summarily ignored by the mainstream media because it doesn't say what they want them to say. And, and, and so they're not, going to, uh, they're not going to basically cover any of this stuff, especially a, a Gillum staffer calling Florida a cracker state. Because I'm telling you, it would be it would be hell to pay if there was a Republican staffer who made any kind of pejorative statement about race that way. It would be absolute hell to pay. But not if you're a Democrat. You're free to move about the cabin, even if the seatbelt light is on. You kind of keep doing whatever you want to do. Nobody's going to come near you. Another example of the kid glove treatment is with uh, Beto O'Rourke. And you had a uh, town hall taking place on Tuesday at the University of Houston. And Chris Matthews was giving the was the was the moderator of the town hall. And it was an hour long event uh, between Beto O'Rourke uh, and Bobby Kennedy. They were trying to compare him to Bobby Kennedy. And that's their that's their big thing is they get some young white dude and, and automatically you're a Kennedy if you actually seemingly make any sense at all you're suddenly Bobby Kennedy all the time <laughs> so uh, there was no talk about his any of this kind of weird stuff going on with his financial dealings or the drunk driving thing uh, and uh, <laughs> they did the MSNBC did this almost like it was a movie trailer for Beto O'Rourke in his town hall so basically it was an ad for Beto O'Rourke that they did there. But let's talk about the news tonight and what's happened this past week. Some people see a connection between the president's rhetoric about invasions and things like that and the horrors of the last week. By the horrors, I mean the, the bombs being dropped at the media doorstep. I'm talking about two African-Americans guys being shot dead. I'm talking about the attack on that synagogue in Pittsburgh. The atmospherics. How much is this president responsible for those atmospherics? I just talked on the phone an hour ago to Congressman Joe Kennedy of Massachusetts, the grandson of Robert Kennedy, and he said that what separates you from other politicians he knows is that you basically don't worry about polls, you don't ask about opinion surveys, you don't check out how people are, where their heads are going. What was Chris Matthews doing checking in with Joe Kennedy, by the way? What was that all about? Hey, could you tell me about Beto O'Rourke and how much it reminds you of Bobby? He said you have a faith in the goodness of the American people, explain. Um, as one border native to another, I'd just like to ask you how you're going to address the issue of militarizing the border. Yeah. 
This idea, Andrea, that we could send five. Hi, Representative O'Rourke. By the way, it's very interesting to the, even the term militarizing the border, which, of course, you know, one of the enumerated powers of the federal government in the Constitution is indeed uh, defending our borders. It's like you're, you're not really militarizing your border when you are dispatching per the Constitution individuals who will defend the border which is kind of what your job is. In fact, if you wanted to go ahead and talk more about the enumerated powers of the Constitution, I guarantee you, you won't find health care or education in any of those enumerated powers of the federal government. Just saying. I mean, I'm not, I'm not standing here wanting to abolish you know, the, the Department of Education. What I'm saying is, uh, if you really want to get right, if we really had to just simply go by what... Uh, what we saw, see in the Constitution, we wouldn't even be involved in health care or education or, or for that matter, even uh, hurricane response. I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm just telling you, if you really want to go to brass tacks and talk about this, we can with the left, but they'll wind up with pretty much nothing to run on or to, uh, to take your taxes for. Because we'll we'll pare it down pretty right to the right to the end for you if you really want to get right down to it. Um, can't wait till we can call you Senator O'Rourke. <laughs> What's your stance on the Second Amendment, and how do you think Texas can tackle the epidemic of mass shootings and gun violence we see happening across the nation, especially in terms of um, minority people who are particularly affected by this? I'm wondering, given the anti-media, anti-free press rhetoric that is so prevalent right now, um, what would you as U.S. Senator do to ensure the press is protected, journalists are protected, and that they can continue to serve as watchdogs for democracy? I mean, the Second Amendment issue didn't seem like a really crazy question. I mean, uh, it, I, I, it, I, although I didn't see much of his answer, but the issue regarding the media, I'm not quite sure how it is that the media thinks that it's more, in more danger than the person standing on a street corner in south side of Chicago or in north St. Louis for that matter. It's kind of like how is it possible that the media can act as if they're under attack just because the president is wanting them to be accountable to the lies, misinformation – and chaos that they are so addicted to creating in this country right now. The fact that the president can't go to Pittsburgh and pay his respects to 11 dead people gunned down at a synagogue without the entirety of the report being on how controversial it is because people happen to be screaming at him uh, a few blocks away. How is it? And, and then, then they have nine-member panels on still the day after his appearance in Pittsburgh uh, trying to boil down the uh, uh, the controversies, the fallout from the president's visit to a synagogue where 11 people were murdered. How is it possible that that, that, that becomes an issue? Well, it's only because the media makes it one. And this is the same media, by the way, where you heard Don Lemon and I didn't really get a chance to talk about this in its entirety, basically making this announcement it's not just on CNN. It's not just the bomber. 
There was another hate-filled criminal just last week in Kentucky. Another white man, history of violence, custody for shooting and killing two African-Americans at a grocery store, Kroger's. But what he tried to do was barge into a predominantly black church. He failed. And then he picked a secondary target. He's being investigated for hate crimes. Don Lemon is here right now. We barely had time to cover it because we were distracted by another extremist mm. that was doing bad things in the name of hate. Yeah. And then now another one. And you have all of them in a row. And, you know, we talked, we messaged about this a little bit this weekend. I keep trying to point out to people not to demonize any one group or any one ethnicity. But we keep thinking that the biggest terror threat is something else. Some, some, some people who are marching, you know, towards the border like it's imminent. And when the last time they did this, a couple hundred people came and they, you know, most of them did get into the country. Most of them tired, you know, got tuckered out before they even made it to the border. Um, so we have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. There is no travel ban on them. There is no ban on, you know, they had the Muslim ban. There is no white guy ban. So, so that's what you're getting from CNN from a CNN anchor who sounds like he's, I mean, I, I hate this. I hate even to say it because uh, my son is 14. So I'm trying to figure out like, he's, but, but he sounds like one of these idiot kids out there uh, talking about, well, there's no white guy ban. There's no, I mean, like, what are you talking about? And again, Don Lemon, ask the, go to North St. Louis, go to Ren Avenue. And ask the people whose kids are sleeping under windowsills so they don't get shot by stray bullets from gang members or drug dealers who they think is they, – who they more most fear, a black dude or a white Republican male. Southside Chicago do the same thing. And by the way, it's interesting how they just forget that, yeah, it was a white male liberal who shot up an entire field of duly elected representatives who happened to be Republicans, but they kind of didn't talk about the white male back then. I think they talked more uh, about guns. To my point, this is what they're running on, people. This is, this is the uh, Democratic Party platform, is chaos, calling people racist, identity politics, and everything else, which is why when you get Joe Biden coming to St. Louis, they have really nothing to say. Claire McCaskill, the, the one soundbite that Channel 2 picked out where she's talking, is talking about right to work, which she has nothing to do with, where she, where she actually has no jurisdiction over any kind of right to work legislation at all. And, and, and yet that's what she's talking about in a rally, is right to work. That's how bankrupt these folks are. And, 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 and Joe Biden comes out. He, he certainly can't talk about any, any issues here because, because the, the Democrats don't have any issues that they are, that they are they can solidly run on. I mean, look at this situation here with the, with, uh, the latest report from the Department of Labor which actually couldn't come at a better time, right? Uh, wages grew faster than expectations in the past month and had 
the biggest gain over the past year in a decade. The Labor Department's Employment Cost Index rose 0.8% for that period, ahead of the estimate of 0.7% from economists surveyed by a, a group called Refinitive. Wages and salaries rose 0.9%, well ahead of the 0.5% expectations. Uh, benefit costs were up 0.4%. On a yearly basis, wages and salaries jumped 3.1%, the biggest increase in 10 years. And, and, and that's been the one thing, and, and, and this is true, that has been missing from the, uh, the, the general economic picture. Is that is that we have had full employment, we've had employment among uh, increasing among blacks, employment increasing among Hispanics, and yet there's always been a question. Yeah, but what about wages? Wages increasing, you know, as as we experience a level of inflation and certain price increases that are natural. Um, how is it that uh, that that we're able to basically be uh, get our wages to increase because that's really where people can see their economies moving again. And uh, wages increasing now is a perfect sign that the economy actually is more solid than, than just indicators regarding unemployment or employment. And that's, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big deal. Now then ADP, which is this, uh, you know, that, that, that uh, payroll group uh, released monthly projections uh, for private sector job creation. So 227,000 jobs were added uh, just in a month, and and that, that beat projections even from people who are economists, and they said, well, we thought maybe um, – uh, that there'd be that there'd be that many just but they but they underestimated this whole thing and uh they they predicted it would be almost 50,000 jobs lower and it was and it wasn't it was 227,000 jobs they had predicted upwards of 160 or something like that or 170 that's a pretty big deal so private sector employment increased by 227,000 jobs from September to October uh, broadly distributed to the public. This is a this is a, a national employment report, so everybody get, gets a hold of it. Uh, despite a significant shortage in skilled talent, the labor market continues to grow. And this is uh, Mark Zandi. He's a chief economist of of Moody's Analytics, and he said the job market bounced back strongly last month, despite being hit by back to back hurricanes. So that that's a testimony to the very strong and solid uh, employment picture. And, and oftentimes, you know, you'll find that, that, that uh, you're going to have some more glowing pictures of, of, uh, of the, the economy sometimes, but for the most part, uh, you, you really are on your way to, uh, to, to, to a strong, very strong economy, and 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 it comes at a great time. So I don't know how Democrats, I don't know who possibly is going to the polls right now saying, I'm going to vote for a Democrat who's going to roll all this stuff back. I'm going to I'm going to go for a Democrat, uh, and 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 see in the, in this situation whether or not we actually can uh, 
uh, can roll back all the things that have created a really great, robust economy. And, and I'm telling you, it's really interesting to watch the Democrats when they're out there on the stump, how they talk. They talk about like, uh, the pre-existing conditions issue, which, which the, uh, the Republicans support, most of them do, coverage of pre-existing conditions. That's, that's not an issue for them, but they'll still talk about how you know, we're gonna, Republicans are going to wipe away the coverage for pre-existing conditions where there's zero proof of that happening at all. And, and they're also talking about Medicaid and, you know, I mean, it's like none of that is an issue that, that Republicans have really brought up. I mean, I, I understand there are people like repeal Obamacare and that kind of thing, but you're still not going to get Republicans to go along with that. So you're going to have to kind of chisel away at it. And there are Democrats who believe the same thing, that there are elements of, of Obamacare that absolutely need to go. And, and yet uh, that's not being talked about at all. So that's what they're running on. Now, they, they, they have to run on this phony idea that somehow we're going to strip coverage for pre-existing conditions, which isn't going to happen. They've got to run on this idea that President Trump, uh, because he's talking too much, is creating division and chaos. And so we must get Democrats in there so they can talk more. Right. And again... Otherwise, there's no reason to go and vote for a Democrat at all if you're really interested in a strong economy. By the way, uh, did you all know uh, that George Soros was Jewish? Like, I like. Apparently, that's one of the reasons they're bringing up as to as to why the guy walked into the synagogue and killed eleven Jewish people. Uh, is because the president and other Republicans have been dog-whistling for a while anti-Semite language because they have been attacking George Soros. Now, some of you uh, might have known that or considered it. I, I never even thought about George Soros and him being Jewish or anything like that. I've, I never even considered that talked about that or thought about that i never i never really uh considered that did did you all or maybe i okay margaret said she knew his truth i really didn't know i mean it didn't it didn't play into any of my criticism of him or i didn't have any of these uh conspiracies that uh, the the rich jewish guy was trying to take over the world i none of that even really occurred to me now maybe i'm just Head in the sand, but I, I really and Melanie's like I never thought about George Soros's religion. No, I, I didn't either. But yeah, they, they're all talking about it. Alison Camerata even went so far as to say that uh, that President Trump is using the same uh, language and shares the same language with the with the synagogue murderer. But that was interesting. It's a long way to go there. A midterm messaging we'll start with from the president. So he seems to be zeroing in on the two pillars of the media, continuing his vitriolic attacks against the media and migrants mm -hmm. continuing to, in fact, ratchet up the language about them. Dis and, and frankly, I mean, I have to say it, using some of the same language that the mass murderer at the synagogue used in terms of invaders and invasion. These tragedies work at cross purpose. 
How, so how is it that when the president talks about people who actually are marching up here by the thousands, right, with the intent of busting through our borders and, and only because they want jobs and and using uh, trumped up and indeed what, what, the few that are honest are admitting that they're not fleeing violence. They're not here to flee violence or anything else they're here to to clean obama's hotel hotel room and so uh how is it possible that president expressing concern about that and calling it an invasion how is it possible that that could be transferred into the president is uh is encouraging synagogue shootings because the guy all called Jews invaders. I mean, these these weird anti-Semite dudes have been calling Jewish people invaders for heaven knows how long. But just because, I mean, the word invader isn't, is it a word that normally is associated with uh, any kind of ethnic group? I mean, in fact, I've never really even, I never even really considered that. And they're also talking about how the president in the past has been critical of George Soros, and that's just kind of telegraphing that the Jews are dangerous. It's like I never even thought about George Soros being Jewish, to tell you the truth. Never never, never thought about it at all, but apparently that's, uh, that's, a, that's a thing. But I, but I, but I actually never, I never even considered it uh, to be uh, to, to, to be the same language that a racist or anti-Semite would use. Hey, folks, I'm going to take a little break here because I want to be able to pay some bills for all of you uh, and, and also to make sure I talk about the people uh, who uh, who support Radio Free Allman. Look what you're making me do, Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road right there in Arnold. Look what you're making me do. Yeah. I don't like your lips. Radio Free Almond is what you're making me do. And I appreciate that. I appreciate your support of that because you know what? I also see sparks fly whenever you support me the way you do. Santino's Cigars and Cocktails. Vogel wrote in Arnold. Thank you. Thank you also to Eric Naputi, NaputiWellness.com. You're the best, man. Appreciate you as always. I've got my guys from Golden Oak Lending coming in in just a little bit. They're going to be here and and at 8.30. And we're going to be talking about how you don't need to be scared to start hunting for a home in the wintertime. Because wintertime, after all, is a good time for you to be shopping for a home. And my guys at Golden Oak Lending are going to make it happen for you with pre-approval, everything else. And so they're going to be able to do that for you and get you going. So don't shy away from shopping for a brand new home. With my guys over at Golden Oak Lending. 314-567-GOLD is the website there. And thank you all, honestly, to for uh, for supporting Dr. Deputy Deputy Wellness and supporting Santinos and supporting Golden Oak and supporting Proctor Drapery and supporting Matthew Mitchell and supporting Nutrition HQ, my brother Ricky Hall, 
Veteran-owned, Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks is the uh, website for you where you get all your supplements, all your pre-workouts, all your proteins, all the things that make you feel better. Vitamins, supplements, love love it. I use them all the time. I'll be there on Friday morning talking to him about some new things we're going to be doing. He's got protein pizzas, protein burritos. Man, you name it, you got it. All right, I, I promised you I'd talk about this uh, this uh, Maria Chappelle Nadell thing, and, and this is this is actually made now the national news <laughs> because, and I'm laughing because it's a it, it's a pretty interesting discussion that they're having over there at uh, at Hot Air. And it's 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 mostly about this uh, fight between Claire McCaskill and Maria Chappelle Nadell, and Chappelle Nadell put out a tweet uh, on Tuesday or Monday, I think it was. Let's say it was Monday. Yeah, she said uh, that. Uh, that Claire McCaskill is desperate. She's a piece of S. Instead of knowing why people of color are angered by this administration, she chooses to put us and our families in harm's way. And that's because Claire McCaskill said this when she was talking about, uh, when she was talking about being not like the other crazies out there and she was on she was on Brett Bear's program and you guys have have heard the soundbite before but I'm going to play it for you right now here because she this is what is apparently is causing Maria Chappelle Nadal to be so angry at uh, at Claire McCaskill here you go people who walk in restaurants and scream in elected officials faces the crazy democrats or we have a state senator here in Missouri that actually advocated for the assassination of president trump that's a crazy democrat well, she's referring to Maria Chappelle Nadal. And, of course, Maria Chappelle Nadal has her own issues and her own problems, and I understand that. And, and, and she's not someone that a lot of you particularly like, uh, and, and I understand that too. Sometimes she can be perceived as anti-cop. Sometimes she can be perceived as a race baiter. Her comments about uh, on Facebook that was a – offhanded comment about the assassination of Trump, she not only actually apologized for, but she also uh, seriously regretted and, and, and actually profusely apologized for saying that. Now, uh, keep in mind, I've, and I, I defended Maria Chappelle Nadal from the standpoint, and this was before even I was fired over, uh, wrongly fired, over a tweet that was called a threat, but it wasn't because it wasn't threatening anybody and I wasn't even directing it at anybody in particular. I mentioned David Hogg's name, but I wasn't, I didn't tweet him or do anything. So you all know the circumstances surrounding that. But even before I was, I was uh, fired, thanks to the efforts of Stacey Newman and her little gang of flying monkeys, uh, that, 
I defended Maria Chappelle and Elle in saying that I was kind of sick of all the calls for people to resign and and be uh, impeached or whatever because because liberals do that all, all the time to conservatives. They always demand that they get fired or they demand this or or demand that. And I I even before my whole situation I was like okay. She apologized. Foster Freeze, who's a, who's a Republican, the, the kind of Republican that, that people like over at Hot Air like, I mean, uh, came in and, and defended her and said, you know, forgive her and she's seen the light and all this kind of stuff. And that's fine. I, I mean, I, I, and so I was, I was more than happy to defend her on that standpoint because I was just kind of sick of every time somebody opens their mouth and somebody doesn't like it that they ought to be destroyed. I never, I never thought that, and and I never thought that Maria Chappelle Nadell uh, should be removed from office. I thought that if if her voters don't like her the way she comports herself, then she ought to be. Uh, they ought to just simply go to the polls uh, on, on election day and 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 get her out. And yeah, Lynette, if you believe she shouldn't be in office, then go and vote. But it's but it's not your decision whether or not she should be in office or not. You, you you don't have the right to decide on behalf of the people in her district whether or not she should be in office or not. Uh, any more than, in in my opinion, uh, Republicans and Democrats shouldn't have been the ones to decide whether or not uh, whether or not Governor Greitens should be in office. Uh, the, the Governor Greitens, if there was an issue with Governor Greitens, that should have been determined in 2020. Governor Greitens wound up, you know, resigning and leaving. But 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 uh Governor Governor Greitens uh did not deserve to be run out of office in the fashion that he was run out of office. Don't decide for me whether or not Governor Greitens stays in office or not. It's it's not your doing. It, it, it's not it's not a Republican or a Democrat's uh right to decide what voters decided in 2016. So I'm, I'm just saying, if you, if you don't accept apologies, if you don't like her, then vote her out. But this whole idea of removing people from office, keep in mind, uh, when liberals try to do it to your people, what do you do? You call them wackos. Well, you know, let's, 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 let's do everything uh, the, the, the proper way. Let's do everything the, the, the right way. Uh, and instead of always trying to run people out or get them fired or do whatever. And I realize that, yeah, it happens to us all the time, but that doesn't mean then we turn around and do it to them. If you don't like it, then do it the way everybody else does and go to the polls and, 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 get, and get rid of them. But nobody else has the right to determine whether or not somebody stays in office except for voters as far as I'm concerned. I mean, look what's look what hap- look, look what's happening to Donald Trump right now. You've got a bunch of people in the in the House and and bunch of Democrats who are vowing to impeach him because they don't like the way he speaks, and because they disagree with his policies, they want to impeach him. They don't they they, they don't like a tweet that he made or a comment he made uh, or, or what have you. And, they, and same thing with Kavanaugh. They don't like the existence of Kavanaugh, so they're going to go in and decide to impeach him. Well, 
that to me is not their purview in any way, shape, or form. So anyway, back to Maria Ch- Chappelle and Adele. The, the 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 fact of the matter is, uh, white liberal politicians like Claire McCaskill will throw black politicians and black people under the bus any chance they get. And that's kind of where that's kind of what makes a person like Maria Chappelle and Adele stand up and go, excuse me, but you're so desperate to save your job that you're going to call me crazy. When when you have soured the seeds of chaos in this country by 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 going against everything Trump is doing, and everything else. And now I'm the problem. And now the reason why I actually have a little bit of symmetry with that belief is because Maria Ch- Chappelle Nadell said the same exact thing about Stacey Newman. Because Stacey Newman is uh, an anti-gun zealot. She's an anti-gun crazy. But has never done a thing for the black community. So she believes that by disarming people, She's going to help the black community, but she's never she's never promoted any kind of great economic development issues and initiatives for the black community that actually would be the real solutions to violence. And that's what Maria Chappelle Nadell said at the time when Stacey Newman was trying to get me fired. And and Maria Chappelle Nadell actually uh, defended me over that over that whole issue because because most if you talk to any of these. Uh, some of these black politicians, they this has been happening for decades now. The the white liberal politicians who are more than happy to use blacks as voting blocks, but really don't really care about them. And so again, is it crazy to go into a restaurant and scream at people? Yeah, Claire's right about that. Is it is it a crazy thing? Yeah. But for Claire to pretend like she doesn't have anything to do with these people doing this like she doesn't have anything when, when did Claire McCaskill by the way come out publicly and attack uh and and attack Maxine Waters when did Claire McCaskill come out publicly and and call BS on the fake phony charges against Brett Kavanaugh when did she do that because because Claire McCaskill could have could have made a lot of headway had she come out and attacked Maxine Washington said that's that's outrageous you shouldn't do that or when she came out she could have she could have made a lot of lot of progress and maybe kept a few people out of restaurants yelling at people because after all how many people who supported Kavanaugh did get yelled at in restaurants and in uh, and in uh, the hallways. Because Claire McCaskill, she sure as hell didn't step up and say that uh, that she was uh, that she decried that kind of behavior. So instead, what she does is she goes after the low hanging fruit fruit of uh, Maria Chappelle and Adele because she can because people don't generally like her. So she's able to kind of throw her under the bus, and Maria Chappelle and Adele is just calling BS because it's just another crass white liberal who once again is using blacks as pawns. And, that, and, that, and, and Stacey Newman it, it, it similarly was doing that. 
and so and and so she called her out there because she's had a long history with uh, the liberal uh, Democrats like Stacey Newman and the rest of the gang out there who all just are all pretty much the same. So uh, they're just a bunch of rich white liberals who basically live in Ladue and and they don't care about black people. And Maria Chappelle Nadell knows that, and and so she's she's calling him out now. Is that is is, is Maria Chappelle Nadell a, a a great person or a credible person to a lot of you? No, but uh, but believe me, Claire McCaskill isn't so credible either. When she when she sits there and and utilizes Maria Chappelle Nadell to separate herself from the rest of the gang, come on, you really buy that at all? You really think that that's 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 true? Claire McCaskill goes on Fox News to 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 say something like that, and and, and she's and all the time. I was at ninety seven one after I one time had a contentious interview with her. She never appeared back on ninety seven one with me at least. Never did an interview with me again. And 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 so this idea of her trying to transform herself on the back of Maria Chappelle Nadal is ridiculous. And and nobody's buying it. Even if you don't like Maria Chappelle Nadell, you shouldn't be buying it because you should see that this is the behavior of a typical white liberal Democrat in Missouri to to go ahead and throw blacks under the bus. Any any chance they get. And Claire McCaskill did that. And so yeah, Maria Chappelle Nadell's not happy. And I and I and I can hardly blame her. By the way, speaking of the Senate race, it's very interesting to uh to uh, see what's going on with uh, Roy Blunt and Josh Hawley. One thing you maybe didn't know uh, and, 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 and didn't, uh, didn't detect, but you might have detected this through the Kavanaugh hearings, the uh, U.S. Senate is a very clubby place. It's, it's a very interesting, clubby place. Where Democrats and Republicans, any time that they criticize each other, they always preface it with the fact that this other person is a friend of theirs. Like, for instance, when I think it was Ted Cruz or somebody called out Cory Booker and Ted Cruz said, Cory Booker is a friend of mine, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they always uh, say that. They always they always preface it by by talking about how chummy they are with their Senate colleagues. And I don't know whether that's just a thing in the Senate. Maybe you guys know, maybe you, some of you in the know know that there's, uh, that there's, a, there's a lot of that that goes on. Maybe, maybe you know something I don't. But one of the things that I see happening a lot is anytime there's criticism from one senator to another, they always preface it with, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a this, I'm a that, uh, a friend of hers or a friend of his and blah, blah, blah. I noticed also when Lindsey Graham was hitting the trail and he came in for Josh Hawley, Lindsey Graham made it a point, uh, made it a point to say that he was actually kind of going off the grid because when he came in uh, to Tennessee to stump for Marsha Blackburn, he said he generally uh, – doesn't campaign uh, senators generally don't campaign against their colleagues 
which I thought was interesting because I didn't know that was kind of like an unwritten rule. But you you look at the uh, you you look at at the situation regarding the the Holly stumping that that Lindsey Graham did. He said how unusual it was for him to be doing that. So I'm watching an interview with Roy Blunt uh, on Fox News. And this was about, I think, the Kavanaugh thing. or what, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was a while back, but it stood out to me because uh, he was asked about the race, the Holly McCaskill race, and uh, he said something that was very innocuous. Like he didn't – he didn't – he was given an opportunity to support Josh Hawley on the air, on, on TV, and didn't do it. In fact, I, I actually haven't seen like you would think that Roy Blunt would come in and maybe maybe I, I don't maybe I don't I'm not seeing it. Maybe I'm not maybe I'm missing it or I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to be as plugged in as I can be, but maybe I'm missing it. But but I haven't seen Roy Blunt campaigning for Josh Hawley. Have you guys? Uh, I, uh, I I'm, I'm wondering if you. Uh, if you guys know anything about that, whether or not uh, he's been actually stumping for him or or what he's been doing, because I because I I don't uh, I I don't see Roy Blunt out there talking about uh, about Josh Hawley, and 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 if that's the case, then I, I'm not quite sure that's cool that that the that the collegiality of the US Senate is so great that that Roy Blunt it's like against the rules for him to come out and support Josh Hawley. So I don't know whether there's something underneath all that that is uh that is going down that I don't know uh or or maybe it's something that uh maybe maybe it's something that I, that I don't I'm not seeing but I haven't seen Roy Blunt out there stumping for Josh Hawley. And and I'm just uh I, uh, and I and I think he should. I'm I'm just I'm just saying. I, I think that Josh Hawley uh, should be out there uh, for him. So anyway, all right. The latest on the border issue. Now uh, we have fifteen thousand uh, troops out there at the border. It was five thousand at first. Now it's fifteen thousand troops uh, at at the border now, and. This is again, as we talked to Jim Carafano earlier. I know that in the, uh, I know that 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 uh, that there is some kind of uh, situation uh, regarding this fear, and I think there are there are people in the on the left, and I know that people called me cynical for this, but uh, but but I but I I will tell you that that. I believe in the kind of the mindset and the fantasies of certain people on the left. They want a confrontation on the border between the military and these so-called migrants. Uh, that that's my that's my belief. And now that might be cynical and mean to say, but I do believe that they want a a standoff at the border. And they want it right before the midterms. They want it this weekend. 
So President Trump decided he was going to drop a closing ad for the midterms. And of course, the 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 the, uh, the media hates it. They went they went kind of crazy over the ad. CBS News did. Step out of the hallway. It it features this illegal immigrant saying he's going to kill more people, and he's going to he's going to if he's released, he's going to kill more people. That's the focus of the ad, and it's and it's driving everybody nuts. And, and and the headline here is, because this is one of those silent ads. They, nowadays, they don't have narrators in ads anymore. They just have these visuals. So this says, uh, uh, Democrats let him into our country. And they have this guy who's this, this Latino thug, uh, illegal immigrant, alien, saying that uh, – uh, I wish I would have killed more of those people because he, he actually killed two people. I wish I could kill more of those motherfuckers. Kill more cops, too. That's weird. This ad, that they didn't bleep out that mother effers there. I mean, I'm not going to play it again, but they didn't, they didn't bleep that out. Wow. Democrats let him stay. Then they show pictures of these this caravan. He says he wants to apply for pardon. For- and, and so, and, the, and and these guys who have already been deported, who are coming back, they're in the ad too. He committed attempt of murder. And, and 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 he was deported after he was accused of attempted murder, and he's in this ad too. And and there, it's all them pushing on a fence and everything else. Who else? Would Democrats let in is the question. This is this is right before the midterms coming from the Trump campaign. <laughs> oh, yeah. President Donald J. Trump and Republicans are making America safe again. Oh, these people do not like this ad, but it really is something. I'm going to I'm going to put it. I'm going to put a link to it. Hang on a second here. I'm going to put a link to it in the. Uh, let's see. I'll put a link to it in the Facebook page for you guys and uh and, and get that in there. Actually, let me see. Let me I'll make I, I gotta get my buy my boys from uh from Golden Oak in here and then I'll get for you. Let's see, let me just get my uh sound here. It's already eight forty, so I wanna make sure you guys get in here. Hang on a second, people. Hang on a second here. Here you go. I'm a little super tramped to to uh ease your mind. Let me see if I can get on Facebook here and put this on the, in the comment section. This ad is great, but you can see it's driving people nuts. <laughs> I mean, there's just, I mean, it's so good because it's so menacing, but it's so true. And it's definitely a total trolling of the left wing because they hate this ad. Good morning this morning, everybody. Even in the quietest moments, I still love to harass. Here, let's see. I'll put it in the comment section. Here. Here it comes. I'm going to whistle while I work. 
I don't hate them, but I like whistling. It's passive aggressive whistling is, but not when you're whistling to a tune. Even in the quietest moments. What a great song. Listen to me talking over it. What I had to Let's get do. Dustin in here from Golden Oak Landing, shall we? Because even, even in the quietest moments, you must also love Golden Oak Landing. I'm taking advantage. What's up, Dustin? How you doing, brother? I, 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 I'm assuming, I'm hoping, I better turn this down a little bit. Because you know what I'm hoping is that these... Uh, I, the reason why I'm kind of talking over it too, folks, is because it's a great song, but Facebook will pull me off the air for this. Although I, I think I, I often take advantage of the fact that Facebook isn't necessarily like up on all the music. So if I play Taylor Swift or I play uh, something like that, they'll take me off because they know that because they're, they're simpletons. But, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, they don't know who Super Tramp is, those people. Do they? Dustin, how you doing, man? Pretty good, bud. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, pronounce your last name again for me, because I don't, don't want to get it wrong. It's Flossig. Flossig. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. Uh, I, uh, I got a nice little note from Sandy, and she said, make sure you address this in, your, in some of your ads and things like that, because... Oh, the link didn't work, John? Did the link not work over there, uh, Matt, that I said to the ad? doesn't work? Oh. Okay, sorry about that. Oh, you know what? I think here's what happens. If you put it in the comments section, it doesn't link. Well, you know what? Look up. Um, well, you know what? Go to Drudge. It might be up on Drudge. I think it's up on Drudge, and there's a link there for the ad. It's really awesome. Anyway, Sandy told me, hey, you need to uh, make sure you focus on the uh, on the seven reasons selling your home in the fall or winter is better than waiting for spring. Because a lot of people do that, and, and, and they do that because they're sometimes even told by their – they're real estate agents that that's what they should be doing. But the reality is uh, now is a really great time to be selling, correct? It's a very good time to And be for selling. that matter, buying too, right? Yeah, there's not as much inventory at this time of the year. So if you're one of the few that are selling, then you've got a lot more buyers trying to buy just a little bit less inventory. And so conversely, when it comes to buying, Dustin, uh, this is a good time as well. It's a good time to buy because there's better programs out there. In fact, uh, I don't know if uh, they have told you about this or not, but just for your listeners, anyone who calls in and gets a pre-approval with us will get a free appraisal. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. And now, now the appraisal, that's a, that's a really good deal. It is. I mean, because, uh, you know, oftentimes you've got pay, to pay for the appraisal, and, 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 and it's, what, a few hundred dollars, right? It's usually around 500 and okay. they, most places collect that up front. So that's a lot of money when you're paying for inspections and other things in the home buying process. That's $500 back in your pocket. Yeah, that's great. I mean, and, and that's the thing, too, uh, <laughs> because uh, it, often, sometimes it doesn't even work out. And so you've already paid for the appraisal, but but things might not th- something might fall through. That's a great point. That's happened many times in the past, and 
This is now $500 you get to keep back in your pocket. 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD is where you're going to be able to uh, hook up with these guys. Uh, maybe you can even ask for Dustin personally if you want to. And, uh, and they'll set you up with a uh, – uh, if you want a pre-approval for the, with, a, with a free appraisal if you're uh, identifying yourself as a Radio Free Almond listener. So they'll take care of uh, that for you. Recently, the Fed increased the rates. Yes. Uh, what does that do? What difference will that make here? And is it really that significant? Because it seems to me that rates, even with the raising of the rates, uh, still remain fairly competitive and, and low. You're right. Yeah, it does have a correlation with it, but it's not a direct impact. So if the Fed raises the rate a quarter point, it doesn't necessarily raise ours a quarter point. But it does have an impact on it, just depending on how consumers still spend. So right now we've seen a little bit of an uptick, but they're still at historic lows and still great for buying and refinancing. So oftentimes what you'll do is uh, – you. Got, I, I didn't know that actually about – uh, you guys. So even if the feds do raise rates, that doesn't mean you automatically go exactly with their number. Correct. Yeah. It just it depends on how consumers spend and how that affects consumer spending, which then can correlate to our rates. But it isn't a direct effect. Nice. Okay. And then the the great thing about pre approval that you guys are doing now, and this program that they have for you, Radio Free Almond listeners, is you get pre approval, you get free appraisal if you mention. Radio Free Almond, or my name, or whatever you want to do, and just say you heard about it here. Uh, so what, is, what exactly is the process of pre-approval, and why does it make such a huge difference? The process is just, usually in the beginning stage, it's just a phone call. Sit on the phone with us for five or ten minutes or so. Once you get that part done, we get the approval from the underwriters, usually within the hour. And then if everything from there still looks good, that's when we talk about just getting a very few documents from you, and then you have a letter usually the same day. The reason that's important is because it lets the buyers know that you've already been approved by an underwriter. It's not just someone saying, okay, yeah, they look like they're okay. This is income and credit approved, and it makes your offer stronger. Yeah, and, and that's the good thing, too, because a lot of people go, and, and uh, even though right now the sellers know this is a great time to sell, um, that means that there are going to be buyers out there, and that means that you're going to go and, uh, and hunt for a home. You might find the home, but if the, if the last thing you do is get loan approval, then the other people are coming in and taking it right out from under you. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. yeah. You see it. I'm sure it does. You said it's happened to you before, It did right? happen to us. We thought, yeah, I'm in the industry. I'll get it when I need it. And we went and looked at a house. We're like, oh, let's make an offer on it. Went back. I got a pre-approval. It was within hours. We went back to make an offer. It was already accepted before we could get there. Wow. And you can do it same day, too. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Most of them, as long as it's done more morning time or early afternoon, you're going to get them same day. Now, yesterday on Halloween, I don't know there's a... I know that uh, James and Sean and the rest of the gang are sticklers when it comes to uh, uh, the uh, the dress code over there. Because you guys, it's always coat and ties or dresses or whatever the women, uh, when, when you greet them. Did, so did anybody wear a costume yesterday? Yeah. Oh, they did? It's pretty cool, yeah. Oh, nice. Check the Facebook page. Oh, a, really? I think they had a picture on it. Yeah, there's a few people that dressed up. Some really, really well. It looked awesome. I yeah. see, yeah. Well, because you know, that, that, that doesn't surprise me since uh, Gold Note Lending is a happy place thanks to the uh, vibe and the culture created by James and Sean and the rest of the team there because uh, that's the great thing. I talk about this every time the guys are in, and I'll talk about it again. Uh, when when uh, James and Sean are now 
owners of Golden Oak Lending, but they started at the very bottom. They were all individuals who were uh, people like Dustin and others who were agents there or whatever, uh, um, associates and people who were helping people secure refis, all that kind of stuff. So they know how Dustin lives. They know how these guys uh, who are working for them operate because they've been there before. And what happens when that happens is you have a happy environment. You have happy employees. And that kind of confidence and that kind of joy is automatically kind of uh, sent on to you. So that's a good thing. Yeah, you can tell it. And it's not even just that. They've been where the clients have been, too. And so right. the clients can tell. The process is built around the clients. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, also, when you guys do uh, home selling uh, or helping people, uh, because Sandy said, well, keep in mind, let people know where they sell. I don't really understand Golden Oak's role in the selling process necessarily. We don't necessarily help them sell the home unless if they need an agent. We are right. hooked up with other agents that can help them to get out of the home quickly, and we help to get them pre-approved so once they get an offer on theirs or if they want to make an offer on another home while they're selling theirs, they can be have yeah. pre-approval for it. Well, because that's what I was this was getting at because you, know, you have people who uh, really do want a home, right? Uh, and and they have their eye on a home, and, and yet they still have the home they have, even though they've wanted to sell it. But then suddenly they're like, kind of, well, I'll just wait till spring because that's the time to sell. But, but, but what you guys are trying to say, and when Sandy sent me that, they're trying to say they're trying to free you to go ahead and go, go house hunting, essentially. Because yeah. you can sell your home. Now's a good time to do it. But, but to free you to go house hunting and have that pre-approval in your hand. Yeah, I have three contracts ready to close all in November. So it's not like it's – it wasn't coming before, but it's common now to have a, a closing happen in October, November, December, whereas right. before it really wasn't. Yeah, well, great. All right, well, good to see you again, man. Thanks for coming all the way down here. And make sure you go to goldloaklending.com or 314-567-GOLD, and that is where uh, you're going to be able to get hooked up if you are a Radio Free Almond listener with a pre-approval. Uh, if you go ahead and use Radio Free Almond's name or my name or whatever, uh, and say Common Sense Radio, whatever it is, and then you're going to get a free appraisal when you do the uh, when you work with these guys and you do the uh, – uh, work with them in terms of getting your pre-approval, which they can do oftentimes and pretty much all the time the same day. Correct, yeah. All as right. long as it's, you know, give us more than five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And also keep in mind, too, they have 24-7 help for you. Uh, obviously, they can't, you know, give you pre-approval between 2 and 3 in the morning, whatever, but, but, but you go on, you have questions. You guys have people there or people monitoring it all night long. So sometimes, you know, you, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're thinking, I got a question. They're there for you. Correct. Yeah, there's a uh, – <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a chat feature on there. So there are nice. people all always monitoring it, and we have seen it 2 and 3 in the morning. <laughs> Someone's thinking, man, I really got to know about this refire. Right. I really want to buy that house. Yeah, that's yeah. – it does get used. Yeah. yeah, I know, especially when people are in the throes of uh, buying or wanting to refire or do whatever. Uh, uh, they're – Mind is running all night long, so. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I got to get rid of it before I can go to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, Dustin. Good to see you, man. And uh, as always, say hi to everybody there at uh, Gold Oak Landing and, and tell them we appreciate them very much. Will do. Thank all you right. again for having me. All right. You too, man. Take care. Thank you. Three, uh, 314-567-GOLD. It's 314-567-GOLD. And that's where you're going to get hooked up with that pre-approval. <laughs> The pre-approval with my friends at Golden Oak Landing. I really appreciate the fact that they support the show and really love these guys. 
and uh, it's been working out really well because you guys are taking me up on my advice to use them, and that's good. 314-567-GOLD, Golden Oak Lending, and Dustin's a prime example of the kind of great people you have working there and who you're going to be be hooked up with. So did that so that 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 didn't work, huh? I'm surprised that they didn't What's that? Okay. Yeah, so after we once we go off the air it'll work, but I but I let's see. If you go to um this is a good ad too. It's gonna, it's going to drive all the people who think the president is a racist crazy. But good, too bad. The ad features this cop killer, an illegal alien cop killer, and his name is Luis Bracamontes. And the and the first line is and, and it's it's all silent except for obviously some of the sound in there, and it's all basically subtitled. Basically, that's kind of that's kind of what you're getting, and and, and so it's very very effective and uh, very very good, and there's nothing in it that is made up. There's no cartoon, there's no theatrical program, there's no nothing. And it says, it begins with the line, illegal immigrant Luis Bracamontes killed our people. And that's, that's, that's right there in black and white. Here it is. Hang on. I'll break out soon and I'll kill more. Democrats let him into our country. I'll kill more cops soon. Democrats let him stay. The multimedia marketplace. This Grabian, this is off of Grabian, so the the person is they're they're trying to keep you from just simply uh, replaying without subscribing to Grabian. But that's why they're going, Grabian, Grabian. They think that's going to stop me from playing a thing. But it's not. Then they show all these people. And and this is the caravan, right? This isn't just some old video footage from someplace else. This is this is the caravan. <laughs> He says he wants to apply for pardon for the felony he committed. Grabian. Attempt of murder. Yeah, so this guy is now, uh, and, and they show a guy who is being, and his language is being translated, and he is a, uh, oh, thanks, John. Did you put it in there? Yeah, post it to Radio Free Almond page. Okay. Uh, and, and these people are, are uh, this one guy is wanting to come to the U.S. and wants a pardon uh, and was deported previously for attempted murder. And he's in the ad. And then you see all these people who are shaking this wall, this barrier, this barricade. Who else would Democrats let in? 
President Donald J. Trump and Republicans are making America great again. And of course, uh, it drove everybody in the media crazy. And and they'll be and they'll be talking about this uh, all day long, and and they will be uh, crazed about it all day long. But the reality, there's nothing in there that is inaccurate or that is misrepresented or anything else. Now, uh, is is there a chance somebody could say, yeah, but you know what? So far, we've seen all these crimes being committed uh, in the U.S. over the past week or so, and they're not individuals who are illegal immigrants. And that's true. Uh, that's absolutely true. But But that argument doesn't necessarily hold water because there's no reason – to, to invite people who are criminals in here just because other crimes have been committed by U.S. citizens. So therefore, it's okay to let criminals into the U.S. who have previously been deported or whatever else. That's not an argument. That doesn't make any sense. It's true that the guy who killed the people at the synagogue, he was not an illegal immigrant. The, the guy who uh, sent all the Bugs Bunny bombs to people, he was not an illegal immigrant. The guy who killed those people at the Kroger store, he was not an illegal immigrant. That's all absolutely factually correct. But that, that, that's not a basis on which to defend the influx of hundreds of potentially violent people or people who have been deported in the past for violent acts. That's not an argument. And, and, but, but again, it's all true. That, you know, you could say, yeah, but those are the people we fear the most. Maybe not. But the reality is there's no reason to continue on to, to, to invite people here uh, who are potentially violent when, when you don't have to. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, let, we'll handle our citizens, thank you very much, but, but, and, and, and take care of things, and hopefully we'll, we'll tackle that problem and deal with that problem. But that doesn't mean that that's okay then to go ahead and allow the influx of people who are illegal here, and especially a guy who's on tape saying, yeah, I, uh, I was deported for uh, attempted murder, but I want to come back again and, uh, and live in the U.S. It's like, no. I don't think we're going to to allow that to happen. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate you all, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Tomorrow, uh, Doug Giles is going to be joining me. Jim Talent as well. And that's how we're going to roll, people, with Radio Free Alma. Don't forget, yeah, call Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD, and... Get hooked up with that pre-approval. And they will also then, of course, give you a free appraisal if you mention Radio Free Almond. By the way, speaking of selling your home or buying a home, Tracy Ellis, Rick Ellis, TracyEllis.com. She's going to help you do just that. Great people over there. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell, 855-QUOTE-ME. Matthew Mitchell, All-State Agency. Thank you to Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Nutrition HQ and HQ.rocks. Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Vogel Road. Beautiful Arnold. And also don't forget about 
Eric Deputy, my buddy, my doctor. DeputyWellness.com is the website. Of course, there's a new location there in Chesterfield. A lot of great people out there, but also in South County as well. Yeah. People all around. Love you guys. You support this show, and I appreciate it very much. And don't forget, you know, there's power in this audience. There's power in this signal. There's power in this radio show. So if you are thinking about advertising, want to, whatever, you give me a shout. Message me on Facebook or do whatever. I'll help you out. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. <laughs>